Tonight, we have the honor to be joined by two podcasting legends, which are some of the main reasons I decided to give podcasting a go. Please welcome Mr. Venom, a.k.a. Jerry Brock, and the Boston Gorilla, a.k.a. Deborgy, Derek. What's going on, motherfuckers? Venom, you do your famous intro first, buddy. <laughs> Greetings and salutations, lovers of giant apes. How the hell is everybody doing tonight? You know, I got a little bit hairy. I'm getting hairier after these two movies. You know, I'm scratching. <laughs> you know, I felt like sleeping in a sleeping bag some ways, you know. Uh, call back to a, one of the later films that we'll talk about later. <laughs> I'm only sleeping in a sleeping bag if Linda Hamilton's in there with me. Especially that Linda Hamilton. Well, I'll get into it. Oh, yeah. 30 year old Linda Hamilton. Bro, especially that Linda Hamilton, bro. That's that's actually my note, bro. She was hot as fuck in that film. <laughs> but we'll get to it. We'll get to it, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. And, of course, I'm joined by my motherfucking beautiful gangster, BDGLQLCP3LD. We're never going to live that down, are we? Nope. <laughs> you're PC or you're not. L G B D L P three C B D G L D seven H Q. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So man. we got some questions for y'all. Yep. Shoot. So, first of all, um, 
thanks to be to be uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Really, I appreciate it. Um, so, um, Jerry, first, mm-hmm. what's up? Um, what got you into kaiju? Ooh, um, I would have been probably eight or nine years old. Uh, I grew up in Connecticut, so I got, uh, and the, back then, you know, I'm, for those who don't know, I'm, you know, a lot older than most of the people on this show right now. So, um, growing up in the seventies, um, when we, this was before basic cable, we used to get all the New York channels cause we didn't have a whole lot of channels based out of Connecticut. Um, and one of the channels, uh, from New York was WWOR and every Saturday afternoon after they were done with all their Saturday morning cartoons, they would always show, you know, a Godzilla or Kaiju movie. And from what I can remember, I think the first one I would have ever seen was either, either Godzilla versus the sea monster or Godzilla versus Gigan. I don't remember specifically the first one, but I mean, it would have been one of those. And I just fell in love with them instantly. I just thought they were so great. Obviously, at that young age, I'm no judge of good writing or good acting or anything like that. I just saw big, giant monsters, and it just made my eight-year-old eyes shine. So, yeah, I uh, fell in love with it, and, and I just never grew out of it. Just I would keep Because there are so many Godzilla movies available, I just every you know few months I would see a new one, and I would just fall in love more and more. And then I started gearing, kind of veering away from specifically Godzilla movies. So I was watching Gamera stuff, Mothra, stuff like that. And I just realized that Giant Monsters was really just something that I absolutely loved. And I still have that love today. I wholly support any new kaiju movie that comes out, even the not very good ones. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I just never looked back from way back in the 70s. When you said, yeah, when you, we talk, when um, you said like in the seventies, I was expecting you to say, um, you know, I I saw Ultraman on TV, or you know, because I know a lot of people actually got their you know kick of the kaiju from Ultraman, especially around your age. So, yeah, I I discovered Ultraman a little bit later. It would have been probably sometime in the eighties. But yeah, definitely the late the late seventies. Like I said, I was probably eight or nine years old, and that it, it, Saturday at noon was like, uh, you know, it, I always cleared my schedule. I never made plans for Saturday afternoons. I always made sure I was home to see the kaiju movie of the week. And yeah, um, but yeah, like I said, Ultraman would have come a little bit later, and then you know, obviously uh, some of the Heisei era stuff, obviously came later we didn't get it in america right away as soon as it came out in japan but once we did i just would consume them as quickly as i could get them yeah uh, one thing i remember i mean i i'm i'm a 90s french kid you know i live in canada but from what i remember even on the i don't know if it was like that back in the days but from what i remember um like what was showing on the TV, even like uh, English channels and shit, it's all American cut. Did yeah. did did you happen to have like Japanese cuts of some films? Did, uh, you no, know, it was 
it was pretty much always the American version with American, uh, the dubbed um, versions. I didn't get to see an actual Japanese Godzilla movie probably until DVD became popular, which probably would have been like the early 90s for me. Because um, yeah. even in the 80s, going to the video store, they would always get the American versions. They almost would never have the Japanese ones. So, yeah, uh, I'm definitely still catching up on the Japanese versions. I probably have seen, I don't know, probably a little over half of all the total Godzilla movies uh, as far as their original Japanese versions. But, yeah, that came a little bit later, unfortunately. Yeah, I think, uh, sorry, uh but I think it was more like when those classic media DVDs started coming out, that's when we kind of started to get like the Japanese versions of these films like before, cause they used, they came with both versions of the cuts and stuff. And, uh, I think that was like a little bit like early two thousands, maybe when those came out. And even, mm. uh, some of the ones that, uh, came out don't even have like the original dubs that we saw on the VHSs. They have like, uh, the Hong Kong dubs of like the other ones, like where it's yeah. kind of yeah. suck and kind of take you out <laughs> of the movie. Cause it feels like, like we talked on sea monster. It makes it sound like they're reading off a cue card instead of actually performing. It sounds a little bit more boringer in those dubs. Yeah. Which is kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. For me, uh, y'all, y'all remember, um, I don't know if you remember that, but the first, um, like the first, Godzilla flick, the first kaiju flick I saw, plain and simple, was Godzilla King of the Monster. Mm-hmm. Like, straight up, like the the um, 2019 film. <laughs> 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 like, first Godzilla flick I ever saw was Godzilla King of the Monster. And after that, after my father um, actually showed, showed me that film, I bought. Oh, it's right there. It's um. Y'all remember those Godzilla like VHS with the Godzilla's stump of approval? Oh, I remember those. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I bought Terror of Mecha Godzilla, and that that made it for me. That was my my shit, bro. That was my fucking shit. That that VHS, like I I mean. It's it's not even you you can't watch that VHS n- nowadays. It's unwatchable. It's so used and I mean it's trash, but it's still <laughs> my Godzilla stump of approval. Terror Mecha Godzilla VHS, bro. I'm all about that. Yeah. What about, good one. Huh? Sorry. Uh, I, I was just saying it's a good one. I like that one. Yeah, Terror. I, I prefer Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla, to be honest. But sure, it's it is what it is. It's the stump of approval, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about you, Derek? Uh, well, I, I think I'm trying to recollect it because I think I did tell the story before. I think going back to Underwater Kaiju episode one, I think, but uh. Pretty much what happened with me when I just first discovered kaiju films was there was this great channel that used to be great back in the day, and now it's shit, and it's known as American Movie Classics, a.k.a. AMC. (laughs) Back in the day, AMC actually showed old American classic movies. 
with no commercials, no cuts, unedited. And they used to have this great thing called Monster Fest where they used to show old school horror movies and monster movies. And one of the other movies I seen during this time period that always stuck with me was Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, which was fucking awesome. Great amicus anthology film. Glad it got a Blu-ray finally because it was unavailable for the longest time. But also during that time period, I saw a little film known as War of the Gargantuans, which, <laughs> yeah, that that movie rocks with fucking Russ Tamblin. Mm-hmm. He's a badass in that movie, getting some Asian poontang and shit. You know? <laughs> and, you know, and then I sought out other movies. And uh, another one that recollects it, it's during the same time period. I saw Gorgo. I'm trying to figure out which one I actually seen first, though. But then I saw a VHS that caught my eye, and it was actually Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, which uh, is pretty fucking rad. And James Cameron ripped it off for Terminator, you know, <laughs> with the symbiotic robot underneath a suit. Uh, you know, good job, James Cameron, but. You know, then, you know, that's fucking when I saw the original, well, not the original, I didn't see that till years later, but, you know, like the American cut of the original Godzilla with Raymond Burr, like, I'm Mr. Steve Martin. <laughs> Mr. Steve Martin! <laughs> you know, and I'm reporting about Godzilla in America, you know, or in Japan. Yeah, I'm friends with Doc. Shit's going down! You know, and I'm friends with Dr. Sarah Zhao, even though he doesn't meet with me any time in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I I still love that that cut of the film, bro. I mean, it is what it is. I do, do too. But then after I saw the Japanese cut, I'm like, holy fuck, this is way darker than I ever imagined. Yeah, it's way more... um, terrifying and there's um you know the the dread and you, you know you feel the the threat of godzilla way more than you do in the u.s cut for sure yeah and plus you know the, it has like that emotional like thing about like you know the terror of the bomb and shit that's kind of taken out because you know the u.s bombed japan so they're like we can't have that in this fucking movie you know but uh you know, but uh, then I sought out other kaiju films. I love Gamera. Uh, even some of the lesser ones. I'm more of a fan of the Heisei Gamera trilogy than I am the Showa ones. Uh, some of the early Showa ones I love. But then once they get to, like, having, like, three kids in them as main characters, I'm like, fuck you, movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, but the Heisei ones... That whole trilogy are masterpieces, in my opinion, of kaiju cinema. Yep. Uh, yep. Fucking rad. Uh, I'm actually more... Le- I also am a fan of the Heisei Godzilla films. Like, I think I they came out at the right time for me. If they're, like, first-time watches for some viewers, like, if like older viewers, say, they might detract because of some of the aspects of them. But I watched them at the right age where but- I think... I could appreciate some of the aspects of what they were doing. Well, let's be honest, too. I mean, um, like, I was born in 96, bro. I'm a baby gangster, you know? And, <laughs> like, every Godzilla film is, I feel, is like a product of its time. 
Yeah, even exactly. A year apart, it's still a product of. I mean, I could watch a film that was made in '73, and the next one is made in '74. It's still a product of its time. I, 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 there's not a single Godzilla film that feels the same to me. You know, it's it's really weird. It's it's kind of. Um, I mean, better example like um, Destroyer and Space Godzilla. Space Godzilla and um, um, Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla and Godzilla vs. Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Um, they are pretty much the same in the same veins, you know? They are in the same era, too, obviously. But they feel like they're... The, they're all shit, like, product of, of their time. Like, each one, like got their respective year if you want it's it's kind of weird to say but that's how i feel yeah i I feel you there you know like uh probably my favorite stuff that's kaiju stuff it's what i will and then i branched out and checked out other movies like other cinema and you know without kaiju films i wouldn't be here today doing what i'm doing you know so that's how i really got into it Mm mm-hmm for a lot of us, kaiju movies were the first taste of horror films that we ever got. Um, for me, it was only it was only like maybe a year after seeing my first Godzilla movie that I saw my first true horror film. And yeah, I, I was I, I was pretty much stuck at that point. I was a horror fan the rest of my life. I knew it was going to happen. I just just the way that kaiju films and horror films of the 70s and 80s made me feel no other films really did that for me. Uh, so, yeah, I uh, you can call me an addict, if you will. So, so you saw like um, kaiju flicks before you saw, um, let's say, Jaws or Halloween or mm-hmm. any of those films. Yes. Pretty yeah. Much, uh, oh, really? Yeah, I would have seen my first Godzilla movie uh, the year like, Halloween came out. Even should like, uh, let's say, like some Edward film, like uh, Bride of the Monster, or some Vincent Price flicks, or some uh, like Universal classic, like I knew Godzilla the was your first thing. That's so cool. Bro. I, I I knew Hishara Honda before I knew who Alfred Hitchcock was. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely knew who Godzilla was before I knew who Michael Myers was. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. What about? Now, I'm sure. I'm sure I saw horror films when I was younger, but I don't have any memory of those because my mother was a very big Vincent Price fan. She loved everything that he did. She preferred his horror comedies, the stuff that he did with like Peter Laurie, you know, Comedy, Comedy of, of Terrors, exactly yeah. stuff like that, and um. I'm pretty sure she turned me on to a lot of like the Abbott and Costello crossover stuff, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein movies like that. Um, but I, like I said, I don't have a major memory of seeing those because it would have been when I was about five, maybe four years mm-hmm. old. But the oldest memory of seeing, you know, a film on television and it really making an impact would have been, like I said, that first Godzilla movie I saw uh, probably like in 77 or 78 and then the first horror movie that I have a memory of watching would have been uh, the original Night of the Living Dead, which just shook me to the core. I mean, I was a nine-year-old kid. I, I couldn't sleep for a couple of nights after seeing that movie. 
That was, uh, and I knew it, it, it was weird. I knew I was going to be a weird, I knew I was a weird kid and that I was going to grow up to be a weird adult because even though those movies made me lose sleep, I wanted to keep watching them. I wanted to challenge myself. I wanted to see how far I could go with, you know, some of the uh, more over the top horror films of the late 70s. So, yeah. Challenging yourself. Yeah, I remember, bro. Like I said, like, uh, I'm an I'm an ice kid, bro, and like 13 Goes, the remake was the shit. Like everyone's like, oh, it's so scary, and it was like, mm, I'm a dare and watch it. Like I was already a fan of Jaws and Halloween and all that stuff, and I was like, I hope, even if it didn't scare me, like that feeling of like, oh yeah, I dare you, movie, to actually like make me feel something. That's that's what got me hooked on horror and shit. I mean, for me, it was just the lasting effect of horror films. Like, as a kid, I could watch, like, a Star Wars movie or, you know, some action-adventure-type movie where I would enjoy it all the way through. But, you know, the next day, I already wouldn't, wouldn't be thinking about it. As opposed to the first time I saw Night of the Living Dead... I thought about that movie for days, if not weeks, after I saw it. So, I mean, it just made so much more of an impact. Yeah, man. I, I feel you there. Like, uh, even, like, some of, the, like, the early ones that I've seen, like, uh, Scarecrows, which, you know, it, it's a movie. Let's just get it out there. Scarecrows <laughs> is a movie. It's, it's, pretty it's not the worst thing ever. I know, I know. It's a movie, but, you know, I look. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. That's when... No, I I love Scarecrows. It, it's a low budget movie, but you know what it has going for it that I actually look for in a lot of the horror movies that I love is atmosphere. It has a great atmosphere to that film, mm-hmm. with like the corn setting, you know, like the darkness of the night, and you know the Scarecrows look pretty badass, and you know that's. I would like, say I prefer Messengers to the Scarecrow to <laughs> to Scarecrow. Oh, I don't know about that. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. But uh, you know, it's whatever. But uh, you know, like a movie that we're actually going to be talking about later on another show, uh, Venom is Leviathan, which, mm-hmm. which you know, like that got me into love some other like uh robocop's one of my favorite movies of all time and peter weller's and leviathan and that movie's like the thing in underwater you know it's pretty much mm-hmm. what it is and i actually seen that before i seen the thing and you know so that made me love the thing even more even though i still love leviathan the thing's a classic but I'm like, holy shit, because my mind, like, this is like fucking Leviathan, but fucking Antarctica, but it it came out before, you know? (laughs) There's something, too, with underwater horror films, bro. I mean, both BDG are huge fans. Like, I I bought um, The Rift for him, um, Endless Descent. Y'all ever seen it? Oh, yeah, (laughs) the J.P. Simone film, man. Yeah. Guy directed pieces. Yep. Yeah. Endless Descent and um, BDG got me. Is it an Italian Blu-ray of uh, um, Spanish? Of um, Spanish Blu-ray of a Deep Star Six. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's a classic too. Oh yeah. <laughs> Where's that motherfucking Blu-ray? That Region A Blu-ray. 
for Deep Star Six, bro. Oh, it's, it's fucking. Been it's been announced. And where's that? The where is the Kindred too? Well, <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give the Kindred. Where's the Kindred, bro? The Kindred is coming out. Synapse as a company, they don't release something until they are a hundred percent perfect with. They're very time consuming with their transfers, which could be tedious for us fans. It is, but once you get the final product, it's gonna look fucking like I waited like three like years for fucking. Years. Yeah, but I waited like six years for Suspiria, and that fucking Blu-ray is amazing looking. Mm-hmm. So, patience, slow and steady wins the race, in my opinion. Like the Twitter says, <laughs> you don't want like because when the shit Scream Factory put shit out, sometimes they have like picture problems or audio problems. Which, you know, so they're like a fine wine. They like to make everything perfect before they release it, which I can respect as a company. You know, Don May does great transfers, and he's a very prolific transfer maker. Since we're talking about, like, um, companies, um, BDG, will you do the honor and tell... um, Jerry and Derek about uh, retrosploitation. Oh my god! Uh, they're a company that's on uh, Store Envy, and uh, they're based down in um, Australia. So they were doing a limited release of uh, Grizzly Two on VHS. Grizzly Two, that film that never came out, you know, with George Clooney and um, Charlie Sheen. Yeah. <laughs> So, I ordered Will a copy. And how long did it take to get here? A month and a half, or two months. Or maybe three. Ah, it's you ordered it. That. I ordered it in, like, October. October? <laughs> so, it got yeah. here in January. And when it got <laughs> here, it was crap. Oh, bro. It was supposed to be, like, limited, like, num- hand-written, like, numbered, uh, limited edition. Like, um, you get... Like a number out of twenty, and it's written in the back. And mm-hmm. bro, it's not even that. And it's actually like I was like, oh, that's cool. That's a cool cover, like artwork for it. Like that's 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 cool. But French dumbass like I am, I didn't realize that it's actually the same motherfucking poster as the first one, but revamped with a two on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the and the tape didn't have a label on it or anything, did it? No shit, it, it, blank tape, nothing. <laughs> and I mean, wow. the thing is, like, if you're gonna be paying for a limited edition like that, you know, I mean, it wasn't cheap. What was it? It was like it was like forty, fifty something. Yeah, fifty something bucks. You know, and then it takes that long to get to. It got lost once and went back to Australia. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what the hell's going on there. And then, uh... Fire. Oh, well, yeah. Well, there, hey, maybe it's Divine Retribution. I don't know. It's all his <laughs> fault for selling crappy movies. It's fucking... It's fucking Mad Dog Morgan. They were just fucking killing people over there. <laughs> but, uh... Well, they have said everything over there is trying to kill you, so maybe the... Maybe this guy is too... Maybe the original VHS tape gate ran over by the boar and boar. That would explain it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, 
I gotta say something though. Um, BDG is the absolute motherfucking master, bro. Like, um, I'm a big fan of Grizzly One. Like for real. Like when you talk, like talk Jaws ripoff all you want with me. I am all about Jaws ripoff, bro. And <laughs> like, I'm a big fan of Grizzly. And I was like, you know that film, like Grizzly Two, and even Glenn didn't know, like uh, Glenn is. BDG, obviously, that motherfucking BDG, LQLD, 3PLD. <laughs> and he was like, oh, there's a Grizzly 2? And I'm like, yeah, there is, but it's like lost. It's like an unfinished film. Like, it's nowhere to be found. He actually found the unaltered cut of it, like, just rough what was shot. Like, and that's it. No fan edit, no grizzly one thing inserted in it like just plain what was shot for two yeah <laughs> it, that was pretty damn funny I mean I just <laughs> love the fact that they have some janky ass looking bear at one point just at one point in the movie that's it just some the concert bear. I, love, I love the soundtrack too the concert bro that's some new shit bro yeah it's, I Concert in the middle of a nature beer movie. I don't know what the hell they were thinking there. And it was like set in like Bangladesh or some weird fucking country too. I think that's Something why. Like that. Yeah, from what I remember reading. It, it, it's it's an interesting little oddity to own, but you know, it really is. I mean, it's 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 not even fun it's just bad enjoyable like in the background you know yeah like you look at it once in a while and it's okay if you will like oh here's charlie sheen like he's doing <laughs> something and nobody cares about like i want charlie sheen to star in a remake of manos the hands of faith <laughs> that'd be a fucking amazing with Nicolas Cage as the, the father character, that'd be fucking oh, no. amazing. No, Nicolas Cage has to be Manos. Oh, that'd be fucking And Charlie Sheen's like the father character? Yes, that would work out so much better. And I'll <laughs> just throw in Gary Busey for the hell of it. You care? No, yeah, he Jake, plays Jake, the girl. No, Jake Busey is fucking Turco. There you go. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome, bro. Yeah. Oh, so you got you got um you got a question for um the guest my motherfucking B D G L Q L P three D L D yes um it sort of continues from Will's question that's just like what's your favorite kaiju movie you're single you know you're on you're on a desert island you get to take one kaiju flick with you what is it Godzilla versus Destroyer nice. Uh, not even a question. Absolutely my favorite movie. One of the only Godzilla movies that almost brings a tear to my eye almost every time I watch it. Yeah, no question. Love that movie. Has some of the best writing in the franchise, um, at least of the Heisei era. Um, I absolutely love the Godzilla design of that one. Uh, oh, yeah. I just, yeah, I can't say enough good things about that movie. Love it. A burning Godzilla. <laughs> I just love the fact that they brought it back for the for the last movie, you know, the um the King of the Monsters, the new King of the Monsters. 
they had like the burning Godzilla in that for a while. Yep. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, my favorite kaiju in general. Yeah, just you know, anyone. Death Kappa. Death Kappa. <laughs> I love Death Kappa. We <laughs> reviewed Venom that the, too. Yep. Yeah, me and Venom were the only ones that liked Death Kappa. <laughs> oh, bro, and we loved a Kappa too. Oh, I bought it. I loved it. Yeah, that was. I mean, it, you know, say what you will about the quality of the film. It's it's a very fun film. I think it has a lot of charm. It, it's just a blast. It's over. It's just a fun film. Yes. Yeah. Let's it's be honest. Bro- it's hearts in the right place, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not trying to be something it's not. Like I always appreciate that when a movie realizes, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not making some political statement here. I'm making a fun little movie and just run with it. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. Okay, and that's what so, they did so well too, bro. But uh, probably my real answer mm-hmm. is definitely GMK Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, oh, all monsters yeah. attack. Oh, fuck out of here, bro. Really? Oh, I fucking... Really? I love that movie. Yeah. Oh. Fucking Sheisho Kaneko, man. Same yeah. guy who did the Gamera trilogy. Yeah. Godzilla is like an evil entity from the ghosts of all the old... Ghosts of all the old fucking people that died during World War II. That's dark. Actually, we want Ghost Godzilla. Oh, he's evil-looking... Yeah. Gator mm-hmm. face with white eyes, and he just beats the shit out of Baragon. I just love the scene near the end of that movie where he's got drilled in the neck. Yeah, and and he goes to use his breath and just shoots out of his neck, and it's like, oh shit, shit is going down. <laughs> and I love the fact that you know it 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 obviously wasn't pleasant for him, but he didn't it didn't stop him doing what he was doing. He still kept trying it again and again and again. He's like, what's this? this is, you know, and fucking, uh, yeah, I just loved it. Like, even like the, I love that they changed it up a bit too. Yeah. You know, and you know, with the mythology and, which is good, you know, it, it's good to change shit up and they did it the right way and made it good. You know, I love the design of Mothra and that she's badass looking yeah. and, mm-hmm. and she's kind of like Jason Voorhees when she's a little caterpillar form killing those teenagers. <laughs> that, that, was, that, that was a great scene. I loved that scene. Yeah. It's just like, damn it, you know, you're going to drown a dog. We're going to, like, let you get eaten. Exactly. Mothra's like, fuck yous. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I've always found Mothra to be a, a likable character Mothra's for as much as a kaiju can be. be honest. Let's be honest here. Like, but it's Mothra's just a giant bug. What do you say, Will? Hmm? What happened? Damn, look at You hear me? Yes. All right. We're going to edit that uh, later on. Um, Yeah, like, Mothra's is, like, I don't know, bro. Every time you saw Mothra, or every time you see Mothra, like, showing up, you know it's going to turn out good. And I hate that. I really do. She's a good monster, usually, in most of the movies. Yeah, but if she shows up, everything works fine. 
Um, I don't know, bro. It's kind of like Gagan. Gagan and Mothra, bro. I can't hey, stand. No dissing the Gagan. Don't oh, dissing the Mothra either. for the win. I'm just saying. Oh, Gagan. What's your beef with Gagan, man? Gagan. I hate Gagan, bro. Everyone is sucking the fucking dick. Like, Gagan. Everyone's like, oh, Gagan. He was so cool. He made Godzilla bleed so much. Like, he was the ultimate threat. He, oh, fuck out of here, bro. He's a cool design. He's just in a shit movie. He's a cool design, bro. Space Godzilla is a way more cool design than Gagan is. Hmm. Space Salva? I don't know, man. Space Salva with his shoulder, his football soldier pads? Oh, yeah. Space Salva way better than Gagan, bro. Yeah. You know, because, you know, you got to love that scene like where he, like, you know, steals the kid and takes him away. You, know? <laughs> you got to wonder what's going on there, but, you know... <laughs> Did you guys ever watch Monsters Island Buddies on YouTube? Uh, I haven't. No. <laughs> it's it's like a TV. It's like a they use action figures to play like characters and shit. And Space Godzilla plays like Space Godzilla in the show, but he's like a he's Godzilla's brother and he's a drug dealer who, and he gets <laughs> Godzilla hooked on like you know like diet pills and shit. <laughs> oh my God, that sounds awesome. And, you know, and fucking, you know, Godzilla goes on a bender, he fucked Mothra. <laughs> then he goes to rehab, and his and his uh, sponsor is Gamera. Oh, that's hilarious. Gets him back in shape and shit. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta watch it. Just look up Monster Island Buddies and start from season one to continue going forward. It's, it's pretty fucking hilarious. Rod- Rodan loves Mothra. But fucking King Ghidorah's fucking Mothra Daner and shit. He's like, fucking, I'm gonna cut my dick off now. <laughs> that sounds awesome. It, it's great. Just watch it, and you can tell that the, the guys are fans of the series and shit. And you know they have like a guest spots and like different like kaiju reviewers doing guest voices during the episode. So it's it's kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Is it is it fan made? Or, yeah, it's like it's just a guy with like all his action figures, and he does like all the voices for them, like you know, and he like has like weird like he, he made like King Caesar a rapper and shit in it too. <laughs> he has like a deep voice, like "Hey, my name's King Caesar." <laughs> Man, that sounds awesome. It really does. I, I, I'm all about Space Godzilla, like I said, but when it comes to like um, the I say series, um. The only, um, I mean, like, Island, he pretty much, like, annihilates everything Godzilla versus King Ghidorah did. Like, nothing makes sense. Well, yeah, because they mentioned, well, I I'm, I kind of want to say that because I'm actually going to be talking about that during, because that's actually going to be the next episode of Underwater Kaiju to his face, because... I do have some problems with that film. I still like it, though. I, uh, oh, me too. It's my favorite, like I said, but it's pretty much like retcon a lot of shit. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, you know, that's what happens with, like, most of these kaiju series, you know. You know, like, you know, like, Destroy All Monsters fucking 
King Ghidorah died, and then he's back in Godzilla versus Gigan. Like, but then they kind of explain it. Oh wait, the, but that film took place in 1999. This film takes place in present day. Okay. <laughs> well, let's just what? be honest. I don't. I don't think anyone's watching a Godzilla movie for continuity. And storylines in general, because they stopped Mega Godzilla with a metal pipe in the original Mega Godzilla film. Yeah, a metal smoking pipe. Okay. That's why. That's why I complain about people that hated the new one. It had no good story. It's a fucking Godzilla movie. It doesn't need a great story as long as it has fucking monsters fucking exactly. each other up. Exactly. <laughs> fucking, fucking it's, it's a very different movie. Without, without it got monster like fucking each other, literally, or like. Um, uh, that'd be an extra bonus. That'd be like a hentai, like <laughs> Wicked City. Like if there's like a tentacle monster with like Wicked City style that came up and oh, raped Mothra and shit. That would be fucking scary. That's a whole other podcast. Could, could, yeah. could we see him naked, please? Uh, uh, I don't want somebody to shave Mothra. You gotta, you gotta remember, Mothra is the only female kaiju. Everyone's fucking yeah. Mothra. <laughs> Gross. That's just wrong. <laughs> uh, I'm a type Buka Kim Mothra right now. Oh, please, no. It doesn't. Please tell me it doesn't exist. <laughs> probably. Uh, there's probably some weird artwork, fan artwork somewhere in the I'm dark. I'm sure work. there is. Rule 34 applies to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh. So, and I got one. Last question for y'all motherfucking ass gangsters. Okay. Kaiju. Horror or not? Hmm. I've always been of the mentality that a creature feature is a horror film. Uh, If you make the creature gigantic, you would think that that would actually make it more terrifying Obviously, in the context of Japanese kaiju movies, they kind of they're geared more towards a younger audience, especially some of the later Showa um, era Godzilla films. Not talking the like the first two by any stretch, but um, so it it, you know I'm on the fence. Honestly, I on a personal level, I say yes because I mean if you looked up in the sky and saw a 200 foot fucking lizard walking towards your house. Um, that's horror. <laughs> that's pretty fucking horrifying. So yeah, yeah, I you know, but but if anybody says they're not horror, I would never get into an argument with them about it. You know, it's really going to be up to the viewer. Yeah, yeah. With like any Takasaku film, like you know, that's like usually like the term that they use that lumps all these films together. Where like you know, like the Ultraman and like the Godzillas, or like even like the other Japanese sci-fi slash horror films. They're usually all lumped together in that category where some of the kaiju films are horror films, like the original Godzilla, straight horror. Straight? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, bro. I mean, I kind of see it like the original War of the World. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, you know, like once it starts getting more like when Godzilla's becoming a good guy and, you know, he's fighting other monsters, saving people, that's when it gets kind of like borderline where you're like, you know, plus some of them are more sci-fi stories, like Monst- Invasion of the Astro Monsters era. 
where it's like aliens are involved and you know and you know there's some scary scenes like even though we keep mentioning Godzilla versus Gigan when that fucking dude turned into a cockroach for the first time that was fucking scared the shit out of me. Do you think Godzilla is more scary when you don't know shit about it about that specific like character like but, um let, if if like um let's say I was born when um. Uh, I don't know. Let's say I was born in 2005 and I grew up and the first Godzilla um, film I saw was Shin Godzilla. Like, it's super oh, horror. Like it's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a horror film. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's pure horror. But, like, for someone that's, that grew up with, uh, like, let's say, the, the more... Um, goofy Godzilla, we will please everyone with a film era. I don't think so. No, that's what like that's why I usually just they mix genres well. Like even like some of like the early, even though some of the lighter films do have some horror elements to them. And you know, like that's what I love about the Gamera trilogy. <laughs> You're talking about like uh, King of the Monsters and shit. Well, in any like the in any kaiju film, you know, a lot of them mix genres. Like, and you know, some of them mix horror elements into them. Like, perfect example, the Gamera trilogy. You know, they're kaiju films, but they have horror elements. Like, the Gauss are hunting and eating people. You know, mm-hmm. you know, and shit. And the first film, you know, Iris is raping and tentacle raping people in the third film. And, you know. It, it just shit happens, and, you know, it's kind of like Iris in the third film's like a life force vampire to sucking people dry, <laughs> you know. It's pretty rad in that aspect when you think about it. It's a, they, they mix genres well, and, you know, even, like, shit, when you first see them, you're like, holy shit, like, perfect example. Uh, another one is 1984, like, you know, The Return of Godzilla, when that fucking giant... Life that's... just comes out of nowhere and just attacks that dude. You're like, what the fuck? Well, Return of Godzilla is actually terrifying, I think. Yeah. It <laughs> all depends on how the film's displayed, too. You know, if the music's dark and brooding, and, you know, the the atmosphere of this film's dock is brooding, too, that, and darker. That's usually the more horrific versions. But when you hear, like, fucking Son of Godzilla, do, 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 do. Do you know like the Flintstones yeah. fucking theme starts playing and shit? You know, yeah, kind of like uh, Godzilla ninety uh, ninety seven. Yeah, ninety seven. Kind, kind of like we don't uh, talk about that film. <laughs> yeah, we don't acknowledge that movie. It never yeah, happened. Like, bro, I remember like I was so so young when I saw it, bro. Like I said, I'm a nineties motherfucking baby gangster. You know, I, I was I was born. I, I, I grew it, up in nineties that, that, man. That scene when. You know, uh, with the boat and the opening and shit, like, that was terrifying to me. That's the best part of that movie, then it all goes downhill after that. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, but still, God. it's worked great for a young-ass motherfucker, I think. Then Matthew Broder came on screen and fucking ruined my life. <laughs> yeah. Ferris Bueller. Yep. I always uh, have a bit of a soft spot for that movie, honestly. I mean... Fuck out of here, bro. That's... I'm serious. Hell, 
Well, oh, at least, that, that, at least that, I'm not Corey. Corey oh, bought the 4K. So. Well, yeah, yeah, fuck Corey too, but fuck you too, bro. Because you love a Nightmare on Elm Street remake. So yes, fuck. I do. So there. <laughs> no, I mean I don't know. It's like I always wonder: had you not named that Godzilla, had you given it any other name? Uh, yeah, I might have liked it a little bit more. I, I mean, the, the movie ultimately the movie had a lot of problems. Godzilla yeah. aside, it had some major writing issues. It had some continuity issues. There was plot holes all yeah. over the film. Uh, so, I mean, we, whether it was Godzilla or not, I don't think it really would help it. I will fully admit that if it well, wasn't I, named Godzilla, I probably would have been a little more forgiving. Well, yeah, I agree with you, but the plot hole I think comes. Um, like the first half of the film, it's a love story. It's like pretty, pretty <laughs> decent, I think. But it's, when it's it gets a, the second half of it, uh, that's where it gets it gets pretty weird. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. They, they, first half of it is pretty decent. Like just replace Zilla with Godzilla, and it's not bad. I, I don't know about that because I hate every fucking character in the movie. Like, I, don't care, I do not care a fuck about Matthew Broderick and his girlfriend getting back together. I love every. I, I hate every fucking characters in King Kong Escapes too, but I still love that film. <laughs> oh, we, 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 I, we can't wait to get to that topic. <laughs> but uh, fuck uh, yeah, it's just you know, it's just a the way that they wrote it, it's like a love story with a giant lizard in it. And, you know, it, it's pretty obvious that the, the mayor and the mayor's assistant are Siskel and Eber because they always do the thumbs oh, up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fucking terrible. Like, in all the product placement, it's everywhere throughout the movie. Yeah. And, you know, and they steal the ending of Cue the Winged Serpent. Yep. Final have, shot. You, have you all seen that uh, there's one guy that actually like made a mashup of uh, a mashup of Godzilla uh, 97 and Armageddon? <laughs> oh boy. Like, pose like the Godzilla from 97 like in front of the building when they when when they fall and shit. <laughs> it's actually pretty fucking dope, bro. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Godzilla 97 or whatever is it, it fa- falls into the same problem as and this all started I find with well I don't know whether it started with it but it was a, a this is a big uh, component of it with uh, Titanic where they they tell a story and they just tack a love story into it to like yep. give you like human relations when the story alone should be what's going on around it yeah, that's, that's you know. Yeah, you got to do something for the female viewers, man. You got to get yeah, something for the ladies. But it, it just also just puts to bad taste in the mouth of everything when you find out the director Roland Emmerich. Like, I'm not even a Godzilla fan. Those movies are retarded and stupid. Why would I do one of those? Yeah, you should have never been uh, the director no. of the movie. And, and if you read the original script, the Godzilla versus the Griffin by Terry Ruscio, who's actually the writer of the new Kong versus Godzilla film. Wow. It's fucking so, it would have been so much more amazing. Godzilla was actually, they actually have pictures of the Godzilla and it looked like the Godzilla we all know and love. Like, and you know, and 
fucking it was going to be directed by Jan de Bont, who was a huge Godzilla fan at the time. It would have been fucking amazing. They did actually a whole episode on Tokyo Lives, the All Giant Monsters podcast, where they read the script and they all love the story and shit. That's the thing. I mean, people need to... I, I don't know. It's like... I, al- I almost wish, like, the film industry had no connection to money at all. <laughs> you know, it's like... I think just, we're, we're all on that, too. Bro. Yeah, you know, it's like people... Just look at Star Wars, man. I mean... Uh, yeah. You know, it's just... Well, except for Baby Yoda and the Oh, yeah. Well, Baby Yoda is awesome. <laughs> You know, just make it purely an art form thing, and let 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 movie creators, whatever, do their own thing. Oh, mm-hmm. Jerry. Speaking of speaking of stuff. industry and shit, uh, Jerry, what what was your uh, rating for uh, Black Christmas? Uh, ooh, I don't know. I didn't rate it. Um, I we don't tend to rate movies on our on the shows that I'm on, but um, oh, if I had to rate it out of ten. I'd probably give it, like, a 3.5 or 4. What's your rating, BDG? Uh, minus 746. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was a complete waste of time. On, uh, man, I'm just glad I didn't pay to see it. Yep, same here. It's, it like, every part of that movie... Uh, you're going to get me on a rant now about this. Every mm-hmm. part of that movie reeks of toxic femininity. Ooh, nice. Nice term. Yeah, they always <laughs> go on about toxic masculinity, but that is toxic femininity to a T. Because you don't, you don't, it, like, you don't care about women, or you don't care about men in that film. You just don't, you don't care, care about, about anything. No. And, and, and that ending, my God. Christian Luciani's favorite part. I am spoiling it for everybody. <laughs> Stupid little like evil statue with black goo in it. It's. Stupid. I don't even. Yeah, I don't even know why they called it Black Christmas. It makes no sense. I don't. I don't know. Hell, we'll only watch six minutes of it. It's good shit. It's good shit. <laughs> I haven't seen any of it because like, I didn't. I, I chose the right decision not to see yeah. it at all. Yeah, you, you really did. Um, we're speaking about modern films um, um, one film I watched I was so surprised bro and that's that's in my top and I I listened to um, you know uh, you were on the 22 shots um, top of 19 Mm -hmm. and um, no one said it but have you seen The Boat? yes I love that movie the yeah, boat good. is legit like my number three of nineteen. Mm-hmm. It was. I mean, I did enjoy it. It was pretty up there for me. Didn't didn't make my top ten. I mean, I see over a hundred movies a year, so for something to really really get into my top ten, it has to be like a nine out of ten or above. We do too, but that was something, uh, bro. I mean, it was so. Cool. Like I, I don't know. Like, just like I was like, I was like, ah, oh, what am I gonna watch like tonight? Like, just <laughs> lay back, drink some beer, 
And I saw the boat. I was like, oh, the boat. All right, all right. And that poster with, like, just, you see the boat. It's, um, it's like, written, like, all alone. I'm like, ah, oh, it's probably going to be trash. And you got that, like, you know, the movie begins. And you got that dude, like, doing his stuff, like, and he goes out on a sail. And, like, just from the... From the get-go, from the minute he jumps on that boat, the way it's shot, too, with the fog and shit, when you, you see the boat actually, like, go in the fog, and, oh, bro, I love it so much, bro. <laughs> I, I, I just love it, bro. I, and, like, there's some, there's some visceral fucking shit, too, like, to... to through that film, like when when he's like reaching out and trying to like get get a hold of the cord, you know, and like he's like cutting his hands up and shit, and someone like knocks on the door and there's no one actually in, on the boat with him. Bro, I love that film so much. Yeah, yeah. Anytime you can make a movie with only one character in it, uh, even mildly compelling, it, it, it's definitely a triumph. Yeah, for sure. Hell yeah, Derek! You seen it? Uh, I actually missed that one. I I, I have it rented. I just haven't watched it yet. Well, too many too, too, uh, too many podcasts to prep for. Jerry, did you enjoy it or? Yes. No. Absolutely, I enjoyed it. Like I said, it it's uh, it didn't make it on my top ten. It probably I don't know. Probably somewhere in my top like 25, I'd say for the year. But I mean, I saw 104 2019 horror films last year. So, and I, you know, and I also have a very particular kind of taste too. You know, I am one of those douchebags that likes art house horror. You know, I mean, I'll admit it. I don't care. Um, but I mean, I also love a good gore fest every now and then too. So I like to think that I have a fairly, you know, eclectic level of taste with my horror films. Well, um, at least Annabelle's Calm Zone was your, wasn't your first we, pick. You know? That was yeah, that yeah. was pretty painful. Which one? <laughs> the, the 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 first pick of the nineteen um you of the nineteen show you did with the twenty two shots. The first one that like said his pick was Jeremy it was like oh, oh. my number um, number five my number like, 10 is Annabelle creation <laughs> <laughs> not creation because creation is good it's yeah, exactly. well what's funny <laughs> is that there's I, since that uh, 22 shots episode I've actually heard two other shows on the Horrorphilia Network where they have podcasters that have Annabelle Comes Home in their top ten. I mean, hey, I'm never going to give anybody shit for what they like. You like what you like, and that's cool. But, yeah, when I hear a movie like that, because I didn't hate Annabelle Comes Home, but I just thought it was just middle of the road, like it offered nothing new. It just, I don't know, it did nothing for me. Generic shit, if you want. Pretty much. Yeah, not bad, I mean, not good. but I'm, I'm not, like, when it comes to Conjuring, like, um, I'm all about one. I know a lot of people, like, really, really love two, 
But I'm all about one, bro. Like, Bathsheba is one mean bitch, bro. I mean... <laughs> and it's a man. I am all about one, bro. I love yeah. one so much. Did you know I that? mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, ghost stories and supernatural movies in general. So I, I actually love most of the Conjuring universe. Um, I am fairly apologetic. What's that? Even La Llorona? Um, I didn't hate it. I mean, I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it. I mean, yeah. it wasn't even the worst movie I saw that week, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but, I didn't uh, hate Lorona either. It's like middle yeah. of the road for me. Same thing with The yeah. Nun. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say The Nun is a good movie, but there are certain things that The Nun did well. I thought well, it was I think very it was enjoyable for what it was. Like plain, exactly. simple film, The Nun. It's The yeah. Nun. No, there's <laughs> nothing more to it. It's The Nun. That's the Nun the Nun had a great aesthetic atmosphere to it, which helped oh, bring it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's atmosphere, it's tone. in The Nun that really worked. And I, I remember when I saw it in the theater, I was just thinking it was really creepy. Just the part where they come back and, you know, he's put The Nun in the the ice house or whatever, and they open the door and he's like, yeah, I didn't leave her like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one scene alone, that was just, you know... That was awesome. That scene yeah. alone made that movie. Yeah, the, the guy directed that directed The Hallow, the the Irish folklore tale. Did you guys ever mm-hmm. see that? I haven't seen it yet. I got the Blu-ray, but I haven't got around oh, to watching it yet. That, that movie's fucking awesome. Oh, I love The Hallow. Absolutely. But yeah. you know what? I might get shit for that, but I'm all about, when it comes to, like, um, let's say, like, a Blumhouse kind of thing, like um, Insidious, uh, The Conjuring, um, any like paranormal, um, like main franchises, um, bro. I'm all about Sinister One. Sure, I like Sinister. Sinister One. I got it. I got that that like um, Bagul uh, logo tattooed on me, bro. That movie, like Sinister One, is so. I think it's it, it's kind of weird to say because I I know it got some flaws, but it's like everything works for it. Like the the way it's it's um, handled, uh, the score for it is so well placed too. I think when you when you mm-hmm. get those uh, those um, you know when when they play the um, these old tapes and there's like just a hunting soundtrack before like behind mm-hmm. it like just mm-hmm. stuck on repeat like like it's a sample but just stuck on repeat it's, it, it's so cool i think i'm a big fan of sinister not two but <laughs> sinister one i don't, I, I don't think anyone's a fan of sinister two let's be honest <laughs> like there's a reason the series kind of died after that that's true it was supposed to be a trilogy yeah, <laughs> I just think what they need to do is like, I don't know, combine that with like some other series. Insidious. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Stick it with Insidious, it'd be fine. The but fucking red face demon versus the ghoul. Insidious be... pretty trash though. I mean, I, I, I enjoy most of the films for the most part. Mm-hmm. My favorite is the the third one, Insidious Three, bro. With that that demon, like, like he's grating on on a mask. The yeah, the asthmatic demon. Yeah, 
I love that shit, bro. That's I just find cool. that with that series so funny with uh, the last key, that episode, like how that demon is defeated at the end. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. literally gets like bitch slopped by like a ghost with like a, a, a lantern. <laughs> and that's kind of it. It's like yeah, you spent fun. the entire movie building this up and it's just kind of boosh, you're gone. Okay. <laughs> so when it comes to Insidious, are you saying that you're, you're fans of like one and two or four before three? I mean, I, re- I respect it. I like them all pretty much the same. Three was fucking creepy, bro. One's probably my favorite because that movie just scared the shit. I just saw that late at night one night, watched it late, that soundtrack. Also, by the same guy who did the soundtrack for The Conjuring, mm-hmm. uh, Joseph Bashara, who actually plays yeah. the. the yeah, plays, Bishara, yeah. yeah, he plays the demon in the movie, too. He plays the demon in the Insidious. That's him. That's cool. I uh, know. Mm. That's Ray Park, bro. That's Darth Maul. No, that's Joseph. He also played Bathsheba in The Conjuring. Yeah, I'm just because the demon from Insidious looks like Darth Maul, and who plays Darth Maul is Ray Park. That's why I said said that. (laughs) I'm I'm just going to say with the first Insidious, they showed the demon too much. Yes. In the third act, they definitely showed him a little too much. Because I remember seeing that in the theater. I was freaked out, and then it got right to the end, and and you see the demon so much, I'm just kind of like, oh, that's it? (laughs) <laughs> like you know, like it, it was like it was it was terrifying before. You'd get sh- flashes of it. You'd see like a bit of a shadow of it, and then you see it at the end. You're kind of like, oh, it's Darth Maul. Since we're talking about um, supernatural film and shit, we're gonna go like in indie territory, if you if you will. Um, has any one of y'all seen? Um, I know BDG has, but yeah. the fear footage. I have not. I don't think so, no. Scariest movie of the past decade. Hmm. When Hands it comes down. to found footage, especially Andy, bro, that's crazy. Mm. It, I'll check it out. Oh, man. And it's pretty cheap, too. When you read it from... Um, I don't know if you watched um, the latest, like, video Boots did. Um, uh-huh. Like, yeah. uh, with his hole and shit. And, like, I bought one for him, and it comes, like, in a little, um, like, evidence bag. bag. Yeah. You got a, a note, too, that kind of play on the narrative of the film. And it's it's so... Damn, bro, I'm going to say it like that, you know, like plain and simple. Um, If I had like $100 and someone said to me, you want to do a film? I wish that was the end result. Mm. It's so good. It's so enjoyable for what it is, bro. It's really fucking fun. $500, I would make Splatter Beach. That's just me, though. <laughs> yeah, but if you want some gore, if you want some crazy-ass shit going on, like guts flying all over, like you could do it, bro. But it's so, like, especially, like, um, can you can you give a synopsis, bro? Or am I do it? No problem. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Um... Essentially, this uh, the cops get a call 
and they say, like, there's, like, this house, and it's not supposed to be there. So, you know, it was it'd been torn down, like, years before, and all of a sudden it's back. So this cop goes, and he goes into the house, he's looking around, and he finds, like, a tape that says the fear footage on it, which is kind of, that's kind of stupid, but we'll get into that some other time. Uh, and he puts in, essentially, it's like four short stories. It's like an anthology film, you know, just of, like, creepy shit <laughs> that's going on. And in the meantime, you know, yeah, he this, and then he's the... looking around this house. And, yeah, it's, it's just, ugh. It's one of those things, I've seen it about four times, and it still scares me. Hmm. And I'm yeah. like, you know, I'm nearly I mean, 40 years old. I don't get scared from movies anymore. But that <laughs> movie, it, it makes me jump. It makes it makes me like, Ugh, when I'm watching it. And not, not from jump here. It's just the, the dread of... Because, um, yeah. you know... The, the, it's it's um, from the um, point of view or uh, of um, a po- um, a body camera of a policeman, you know. So every time you <laughs> POV, around, yeah. yeah. So every time he turns around, like you don't know what you're gonna see, and and then sometimes you see something that's just kind of <laughs> like you shit. don't like for them, like 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 warning, spoiler. You don't see shit for the most of it. But, bro, every time, uh, well, you'll see. It's, it's, um, it's, it's so effective. And it's like, what, what, 20 bucks when you order it? Yeah, it's like, like 20, 25 bucks. And, uh, it's like a handmade Blu-ray. Good stuff. Mm. Looks like we're getting a sequel this year. Yeah, and I'm damn well looking forward to that. Curse of the tape, I think. Yeah. Oh, that, uh, yeah. I've been meaning the grab it. It's just been been yeah. kind of slowing the down. Pro- the since... problem with it is it has such a generic title. Yeah. And it has such a generic cover. Like if you saw that in like a Walmart or something, you wouldn't give it a second. Oh yeah. A second the first glance. Thing about it, I was like, oh, the fear footage. What the fuck is that, bro? Like it. Yeah. <laughs> like Phase Four film or. Yeah. Then yeah. I sent then I sent you the trailer though, and that changed everything, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you need really to, you need you absolutely need to see the, the to see that film. It's it's so so good. It's really fucking great. Yeah, I'll check it out. It's nice and short too. Yeah. Real. What good. I like. <laughs> nice. And Derek short. likes them short. <laughs> I do. There we there we go. Midget porn for life. Yeah. <laughs> so should we jump into some news? Yeah, there's really not much news except for the fact that um New Silent uh, Hill film? Mm-hmm. New Silent Hill film? Yeah, that's pretty much it, really. Mm-hmm. You know, oh and that uh, Halloween Kills got some fucking decent reviews too. I'm happy with that. I mean, I hate that name. Yeah, me too. Halloween Kills. What the hell is this? Like, machete? <laughs> That's what I thought. I, I heard Halloween Kills, and then, like, Halloween, like, kills again or whatever. The it's next like one the holiday is... itself kills. 
Yeah, it's that's like, what I, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, it's like but, stupid title, like fucking Lake Placid versus Anaconda. It's a lake versus. Well, a snow. I, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I. I mean, Halloween eighteen was titled Halloween. That's even more stupid. I think. I think they just should. Like should've we're we're stuff. like three Halloween down. Like Halloween seventy eight. Halloween. Halloween. Halloween, the real part two. Yeah. Let's just call it Halloween, the next one. There you go. That's enough. I don't know. These ran out of titles. Yeah. Anyway, I'm all about Halloween two, the eighty one one. So that's damn good. Poor Ron Mm -hmm. Jeremy cop in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, but that's pretty much it. New uh, new Silent Hill movie from Christoph Gans. So, it's kind of cool. Has he done anything since the last Silent Hill movie? I don't think so. He did He did Silent Hill. I think he did, like, a, a couple of, like, low-budget roles. Because his first yeah. movie was fucking awesome, Brotherhood of the Wolf. Yeah. yeah. He did Brotherhood of the Wolf, Silent Hill. I think he did a few other little, like, well, weren't they? I don't even want to say art house films, but you know, I think he did some shorts too, right? I think so. Yeah, I just I dig the fact he, he's gonna if he wants to do another Silent Hill movie because uh, he's bad as the part two. I know part two. Uh, no Revelation was the shit, bro. He's fucking I'll just awful. Say, Revelation was just way too bright. No, if, you, was, if you if you darkened that movie down like about three threefold, you know, made it darker, it would have been better. Well, when it comes to Silent Hill, bro, I'm all about Silent Hill too. Like I uh, on PS One. Yeah. Like. Yep. I'm not even a fan of the film, bro. But like Silent Hill two, like running from those two or three pyramid heads, bro. <laughs> By the end, that my problem with the first Silent Hill is. It's a little tad too long. If they cut a few scenes out of it, yeah. You know, I, I I like the atmosphere of it though. I like like the visual style of it. And you know, yeah. some of the cast is good. I like Alice Creed. Who, shout out to Gretel and Hansel. She's in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah fucking Lauren Holly and. Uh, oh, how said though that was that was part of our question. How was? Uh, you seen it too, uh, Derek? I know. I know Jerry saw it. What, Silent Hill? Uh, no, um... Gretel and, Gretel and Hansel. No, but I I was actually going to go, but, uh... What ended up happening was... I forgot I had to watch a few other movies for another show that I'm prepping for. Podcasting, as usual. <laughs> so, I had to... But I'll probably end up going seeing it next week sometime. That's cool. Yeah, I, I got... Christoph Gans' uh, filmography up here. Uh, he did um, H.P. Lovecraft's Necronomicon back in '93. Oh yeah, the anthology film. I forgot he directed. It was made for TV though, right? No, it was uh, an anthology. Yeah. Brian Usna. Yeah, it was direct to video. Yeah, he did Crying Freeman uh, with Mark Dacascos. <laughs> Crying Freeman. That movie's fucking yeah. awesome. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> familiar. <laughs> Brotherhood of the Wolf, uh, Saint Ange, A-N-G-E, whatever it means, a producer on that. Silent Hill, Beauty and the Beast, and 
Ricardo Maltese. Oh, he did that French Beauty and the Beast film. That's right, with fucking yeah. Vincent Cassell. But he yeah. was mm-hmm. no producer on that, though. Uh, he was producer on Saint Angus. What did he? Angie, I don't. Ang, yeah, just Ang. Yeah. You know, I I I haven't seen that one. I don't know. No. Oh, I gotta thank you, Derek, too, because. If it was not for you, I couldn't post on the 22 page. So thank you. Fuck <laughs> you, Jeremy. Keep down the download, bro. You know? Fuck you, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy just hates people. He, he, he blocked me, bro. That's crazy. I mean, uh, like I said, I, I, I don't want to talk about it. Like, like I don't want to expand upon it, but like, I, I did a design, bro, for... And he was the first one to say, like, oh, we want another one and shit. And he's like, oh, no, like, you're getting annoying now. I'm getting fucked. Fuck y'all. I'm flexing. I got yeah. a, I got a hard, hard job, you know. I don't got time for that kind of shit. You just know how to push my buttons. <laughs> yeah, once you get on his bad side... You, you unfortunately stay on his bad side. Yep. That's what that's what I happens. Care less for real, bro. I mean, I don't have any problem with anyone. Well, he he's just a moody guy. Like, <laughs> you know, like Jeremy, I love him. He's like a little brother that you want to strangle sometimes. That's the way I look at him. But uh, yeah, he can be an asshole sometimes. It's just the way he is. He's a very like you know cornered guy. You know, it's just the way he is, and, you know, I just deal with it, and, you know, he you handle him a certain way. Uh, I'm a people person. I could handle a lot of people, and, you know... Yeah, but you were the first one to say, like, um, if I don't like someone, I won't reply, and I get that totally, but, like, to block me because I post Baby Yoda memes? Bro, come on! I mean... He's anti-Baby Yoda. He's against our religion. Yeah, uh, he's obviously a member of the Empire. So yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's the new. He's the next fucking Sith. He's gonna be in the next trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, bro. So hashtag fuck Jeremy. I love twenty two shots still, but hashtag f Jeremy and f Gagan too. No. Don't don't compare Gagan to Jeremy. Yeah. Gaian is literally like the Jeremy of the kaiju. Leave him alone. He can't jerk off. He Everyone has hooks for hands. the dick, bro. But he ain't got no dick, you know? Yeah, because whoever made him a cyborg took it off of him. Yep. I really don't get why <laughs> they, ch- they changed so it to that so much, bro. Because he's awesome. He's not, bro. I mean, oh, he made Godzilla bleed. Oh, he's, so I'm unless a, he's a happy fighter, like like after he made him bleed. Captain, uh, whatever uh, his name was, because he made Kong bleed bad, and King Kong lives, bro. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We'll yeah. save the King Kong <laughs> lives discussion for later. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm a li- oh, I'm a good liberal. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty much it for the news. 
Silent Hill sequel and apparently a Fatal Frame. Um, movie That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm curious how they take that. I don't know. Apparently, he's, he wants to set it in Japan. Oh, um, better shit. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you can't really. Or be turned into the grudge. It'd be turned into the grudge remake. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we we got one more question though before we move on to the actual um, feature review. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who the fuck is Roy Burns? <laughs> uh, oh, He's I an ambulance you. driver from Forest Green. Yeah. He had a there son that got killed by suicide from Return of the Living Dead. Tried yep. to give him his chocolate bar, and he's like, I'll give you half, even though it was half eaten. Yeah, but that Facebook profile, though. Yeah. Yeah, no one seems to know who Roy is. So far, he's been a cool guy. He's been real respectful. Um, he gave me some good feedback on my Friday the 13th Part 5 review that I did on In the Mic of Madness. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, it's basically his movie, so of course he's going to give good feedback. But like I said, no one seems to know who this guy is, but as long as he stays respectful, we got no problems. Uh, well, it's me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's me, but keep it for yourself. Only the list of people know, so yeah. I can I can still do my thing. I just want someone to come up and say they're Ben Tramer. <laughs> He's still alive in the new universe. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just picturing like Michael Chiklis, like I'm Ben Tramer. I'm like Chiklis? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> and I got one last question though for Jerry since uh, it's the first time we talk um, I'm a big comic fan um, mm-hmm. you're all about Venom and shit <laughs> so um, favorite symbiote storyline Maximum uh, Carnage and that's in- including anti-Venom toxin yeah. Uh, not even close. It's it's always going to be Maximum Carnage. That series was spectacular. I absolutely loved it. It actually got me back into Marvel Comics because I had actually... Um, the Maximum Carnage, uh, like with um, the Carnage like team, if you want? Uh, no, no, that one's just Carnage. It's, it's just Spider-Man, Venom, and Carnage. It, it's like one of... It's probably only the second time that we see Carnage in the comic books, but... Oh, but it's, the, the uh, Maximum Carnage with Doppelganger and shit? What's that? Doppelganger, like, the, um, the Maximum Carnage run was, like, with uh, Doppelganger and some, some other villains? Oh, uh, that must have been a later one, because the one that I'm familiar with was just our three main boys. And it, I, I think it was, like, a six or seven issue run that spanned across Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, and Spider-Man. Um, so I mean, potentially, cause I, I kind of dropped off on comics in the nineties. So if they did do like a follow up maximum carnage, I'm not familiar with it. Well, damn, um, I'm going to send you a pic right now. So you can see it cause I know from, from what I know, maximum carnage is that. So you can tell me if I'm wrong, but that's my maximum carnage. I'll send you a pic so you can see it on, uh, on Facebook. It's kind of uh, out of topic, but still, I want to know if that's what. Could you still be our about. guest while you do it? 
Be what? our guest. Be our guest. Be our guest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My life is complete. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the. Uh... Yeah, but that's a team 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 up. That's like a carnage. You got um, you got some um, some lady. You got a double ganger. I'd have to revisit it because maybe I'm just remembering it incorrectly. But yeah, you do have two, bro. It's been a while. Oh yeah. I'm just hey. gonna say Venom versus Deadpool. I'll leave nice. it at that. Carnage, which was Deadpool. That's what shit. I meant. Yeah, Carnage. if Venom was in the MCU, it'd be all over. Like if you know, like I watched the side show. Like I think it was Guardians of the Galaxy with Thanos connected with the Carnage suit. That was dangerous. <laughs> I do also really like the Venom T Rex from Old Man Logan. I thought oh, that shit was cool as hell. Well, I mean, hell, T Rex. Venom, they're they're both cool. Put them together, it's even more cool. It's oh. almost unstoppable, exactly. Imagine a xenomorph with fucking Venom. Ooh, Ooh it's gotta happen. It's gotta happen sometime. Sometime with a, with a little and head and tongue. Well, <laughs> let's concentrate on making a good Venom movie first, and then we'll worry about the rest. Yeah. <laughs> that um that uh what if issue? What if the symbiote got on Frank Castle? It's like. Yeah. Punisher with the Venom. Yeah, Wouldn't I remember like that. Soldier Venom. Oh, right, Agent God. Venom. Yeah, it would be kind of like Agent Venom. Right? Yeah, which I didn't like. I wasn't a fan of Agent Venom. Yeah, me neither. If you just type Xenomorph Carnage into Google, yeah, there are pictures. Nice. Yeah, I mean, one of this, this is just completely... Someone's taken uh, the alien from uh, Mortal Kombat 10 and just recolored it to look like Carnage. It's kind of cool. <laughs> I just love the fact that it, like, when we began, it was like, oh, we're not sure, we're not sure. And now we're talking about shit and shit and shit. Everyone's talking about <laughs> everything pretty much. <laughs> it happens. We, tangents are always good sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's the most fun, more fun than the reviews, because then we can turn to enemies. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of reviews, should we begin the reviews? Yes, please. Yeah. So, we want to jump in lives or escapes first? Let's do escape. Let's do it in numerology order. Yeah, yeah. Chron- you, you know what I meant, Ben. <laughs> All right. I'm a right... I- I'm going to read a little synopsis. So, yeah. 1967. Doctor Who decides to capture the real King Kong. But when it becomes clear that his mechanical copy is not capable of digging for the precious mineral he needs. But the giant gorilla escapes and heads to Tokyo. That's not really. There's a yeah. lot. Of that. Yeah, close enough. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll Google, I think. This, is like a Jane, this is like a James Bond movie with a giant gorilla in it. It really is a James Bond yeah. uh, movie. I, I wrote that multiple times that Madame Piranha it's comes off. As fuck, too. I mean. Yep. The, the, 
Yeah, that's the the main Asian chick that works for the other country that work, employs Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Madame Piranha. Yeah, or they call her Madame X in the movie, but in the Japanese version, she's Madame Piranha. You, you and I, that I just is. like that name better. <laughs> you know oh, that, real? Madame yeah. Piranha. Yeah. Yeah. You know who that is, right, Venom? Uh, it's Mie uh, Mie Homa, isn't it? Yeah, she was Mie actually Hama. she's a Bond girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. She. I what well, like. The year and after, the she was... Era, though, I th- uh, yeah, she was only, only lived twice. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Connery era, yeah. But, I mean, even in this movie, she she definitely, in the first half of the movie, comes off like a Bond villain girl. You know, like Grace Jones, or whatever. Uh, but Doc, uh, Doctor Who's so badass, you could tell he's a, a bad guy just from his cape. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's still... So, um, I mean, well, well, let's let's put it this way. Could could like let's ground that film in reality. Would would you actually take this guy like seriously? Uh, no, no. Anybody no, with a gun, I'm not gonna fuck with. <laughs> I, I, exactly, you know and. The thing with him is, like, I love his determination that he thinks, like, this Robocon's going to work, even though it, like, breaks down, like, three times during the movie. <laughs> kind of works by the end, though. Yeah, I you know what's great? Because if you didn't know this, this is actually a co-production with America, this film. It's co-produced by Rankin Bass. Exactly. You know, the, the guys who did, like, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which kind of makes sense when you hear a certain dub voice in the movie. Oh, you caught it too. Very nice. Yeah. And, uh, is is it the lady, the the girl? No. Well, uh, the uh, Doctor Who's ac- Doctor yeah, Who's the- actually voiced by Paul Frees. Oh, really? Yeah, and yeah. he is the Burgermeister Meisterburger in Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Yeah, bro. Oh yeah. It's part of the reason I actually really enjoy this movie, because every time Doctor Who speaks, all I hear is the Burgermeister. And it just brings a smile to my face, because I absolutely love Santa You're Claus. You're waiting on that spin-off film, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty sure the girl was voiced by Rudolph, unfortunately. But, but, you know, and uh, it's pretty sad in that aspect. <laughs> man i was looking at some pictures of mie hama from her modeling days holy crap that woman was gorgeous Mm. not as uh hamilton and king kong lives bro she was oh i like my i like my girls a little exotic i love my i love (laughs) i like my girls tiny and all about uh, some giant butterflies, you know. Exactly. <laughs> I'll take some cosmos. Nice. At least I had Mothra on my side. There you go. And you always got somebody to sing for you. Exactly. Mmm. True that. <sighs> but uh. Wait, so escapes. 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 That's the. Um, like um like like I said earlier like um we rank film like um and one of the point is like rewashability 
Mm-hmm. I find mm-hmm. myself watching King Kong Escapes more than maybe... Um, ah, let's put it this way. It's actually one of my favorite kaiju film for real no hey that's valid i mean i i personally think this is a great movie um it's got some decent human drama you know it's got an easy storyline to follow because sometimes um kaiju movies uh when it comes to the human element will sometimes get a little convoluted especially Mm -hmm. a little bit later on with stuff like final wars and stuff but but... convoluted too i mean I mean, uh, not as I don't think it is. I mean, not nearly as much. No. I thought it was very easy to follow. One one protagonist, one antagonist, you know. Um, and I'm also a fan, and and I could be biased here too because I'm also a fan of the Reason Brothers, um, Rhodes Reason, who plays um, uh, Carl Nelson in this one. You know, the yeah. the submarine captain. Yeah, his brother. Uh, him and his brother. Him and his twin brother are actually they they act in a lot of like sci-fi movies from the 50s and 60s. In fact, his brother Rex uh, stars in This Island Earth, which yeah. is the movie that Mystery Science Theater riffs in Mystery Science Theater the movie, uh, which it's actually kind of played theatrically out here. Like, um, uh, like late 50s, right? Which one? This Island Earth, I believe, was 1960 or 61, something like that. Yeah, you, late is 50s it, or early 60s. Yeah, yeah early 60s. Oh, uh, let me look it up though. But yeah, I mean, you know, again, when I actually started watching this on this watch, I had forgotten that one of the Reason Brothers was in here, and I actually thought it was Rex for a while. I had actually forgotten that he had a twin brother. I had to go on IMDb and kind of remind myself of that. But yeah, um, yeah. like I said. Uh, since it, it kind of like the Sasuke sisters in the uh, Vomit Door trilogy, you know, same yeah. kind of... They can actually be told apart, though. Like, I mean, when they stand next to each other, I can tell which one's Jen and which one's Sylvia. Yeah, I was, Where, I was yeah. just kidding, because um, <laughs> the Vomit Door trilogy is pure trash, vomit shit trash. <laughs> yeah, I just find it funny that they, if you even bring it up, on like if on their Facebook or anything, they oh they'll they'll rip you to shreds and they'll ban you in a second. <laughs> yeah, they they really aren't happy to have been a part of that movie. Would you? <laughs> That's true. It's not exactly <laughs> I mean, correct. Maybe, yes, is, you know, like we're in it, <laughs> bro. It's like they did with rabbit. I would, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i like i like the cast of this movie we got a kara takarada who's a toho legend at the time he's like the asian officer in the film too mm-hmm. i always liked him he, he, he pops up in a lot of these films uh well uh, linda miller who plays a uh, susan in the film i believe her name's susan yeah miss watson yeah I actually feel kind of bad for her because her, she has been dubbed over in this film, unfortunately. Uh, uh, the the reason why, because I actually listened to an interview with her through uh, the Kaiju Transmission podcast. They did a full-length interview with her because she wasn't a SAG member yet, so she couldn't dub her own voice. Oh, terrible. Not really? Yeah. I mean, uh, I... 
it wasn't a very good dub. I gotta say that. Yeah, you... most of the dub kind of sucks. That that's one thing we were we were saying me and uh, BDG. Uh, dub wise, it's pretty awful. Well, it, it, it's campy, you know. It's a campy. It goes with the style of the movie too. You know, some of the voices do kind of like, especially her voice is probably the worst voice in the film, unfortunately. Yeah. But. You know that you could say that about any dubs. Like, look at poor Bob. <laughs> poor Bob from the House of the Cemetery he gets fucking <laughs> slaughtered, and it's not even his fault. You know. <laughs> oh fuck that kid! <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. It's so funny on the Arrow Blu-ray. He actually presents the movie. I like, actually, I actually like enjoy Bob, like without. Without any dubbing or like the in the original like version, like I enjoy both, but like just give me that English dub, bro. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Well, well, uh, Damn, you well, want me to take my own well, line? That's well, well, bit, well. The only problem with that is it's not even his voice in the Italian dub either. Oh, yeah, it's not. I love. I I I love the 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 original version of it, like the H. Original Italian version. Well, it's not even his voice because Italians don't dub their own voices either in the Italian dubs. Jeez. Because you got to remember, there's some American actors speaking American in the film. Katarina McCall is American. And same thing with King Kong Lives. I mean, we got Rose Reason. And Kira Takarada. Yeah, but still, still, um, um, I mean, judge me all you want, but when it comes to, um, especially when it comes to the um, Gates of Hell trilogy, um, I'm watching that shit on VHS, like some some old like Anchor Bay VHS, bro. And where we got um, an episode planned with um, Rob Kavinsky and shit coming up. Um, oh, I know. Rob told me to keep it on the traps. And like the the. Um, I can watch like um how many dub were made for Bob though two or three? Well, every version of the film's dubbed over and it's international. That's why they usually get a lot of like international stars in Italian films. Like you'll see like people from Mexico, French, uh, Italy, America. They dub them all over the cell to those markets with those actors, and they have those actors usually dub their own voices, like the big stars, anyways. You know what I mean? Yeah, and again, speaking of foreign countries, speaking of foreign countries, shame on you when you did that Bruno Matai show. No Jaws 5? Fuck. Hey, man, I I didn't choose the films. (laughs) That's true. No, no, you, no, no, no! It's <laughs> that you actually chose the film in the show. Well, I chose the more popular films. We could save Jaws Five for another volume. <laughs> Might do some more popular ones first to get them out of the way. You know what I mean? Yeah, they do well, Italian for, Horror Month every year, so. Bro, for me and Glenn, Jaws Five is a favorite, right? <laughs> Why getting Glenn involved in oh, this? Oh man, just because <laughs> Star I, Wars I, music in like a Jaws I ripoff. You gotta love it. it. <laughs> but anyways, let's get back to King Kong. Yeah, so I don't get off a little too off time. 
but yeah, you you deal with dubs and all these movies and grew up with them and you know this one has Rankin Bass voice. The, the it's fucking Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer as the chick's voice. Kong. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it actually kind of still brought a smile to my face, though. I, for whatever it's worth, I had a little bit of a guilty good time with it. Yeah, because, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you, uh, I was just shocked no Bert Ives, you know. Yeah. And, you know, but uh, this isn't the first time Rankin Bass did, like, movies of, like, su- they did movies of Subaraya a few years later, like The Last Dinosaur and uh, The Deaths Below. Those are, like, Tokyo Toho slash Subaraya slash Rankin Bass Productions. So they have a good relationship with the... And plus, this is also since again this this is also since they had like the cartoon show beforehand yeah. that they did. This is a retelling of kind of like the cartoon show in a way. Ah, uh, so, yeah, well, which, it was based on it, right? Yeah, it's like a movie. Yeah, it was style. based uh, on that that like animated show from from what I remember, right? Yeah, it had Mechacon and Doctor Who was in the episode two at Mechacon, so they used that as a the basis for this film. And they worked with a Shiro Honda. And the thing that's so cool about it, it has a great Akira Fukube soundtrack, like that opening theme. Like fucking awesome. <laughs> like See the shit that is fine as bro. Yeah. You can you, <laughs> when you have a Kube involved and a Honda, you yeah. know, you can't go wrong with that shit. The, my major problem with this, and, you know, I had, you know, I also kind of have a problem with this with the other King Kong Toho movie is they can't really get the other King Kong King look. Oh, there's King. not a hundred of them. I mean, there's like two, three, maybe two, two King Kong Toho movies. Mm-hmm. They could never get the look of King Kong right. Nope. You know, I am not a fan of these eyes. They're so light. The worst fucking King Kong, bro. That, that, that's only the only downside of it is the King. I like the Mecha Kong suit, kinda. It, it's kind of weird. Well, it's a robot. How yeah. hard is it? Where all the budgets went. <laughs> but I, I, I kind of like the performance of the King Kong a little better in this one because it is Hero Nakajima as Kong. Uh, ah. You know, I like the movements better. It's more gorilla-like. I'll give him that much. I couldn't care less about the gorilla-like attitude, bro. <laughs> like, I love that gorilla Kong. I love that Kong from, G, from Godzilla versus King Kong, you know. I expect that, but I don't get the thing. Ving Rains Kong? He looks like Ving Rains. <laughs> <laughs> nah, fuck out of here, bro. I, I, nah, I, I'm I'm not a fan of that that Kong for real, bro. You, you were like, uh, even when you, uh, we were talking on the chat, you were like, oh, like oh, I I think it looks nah, like in Kong, but but there's a charm to 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 the Kong of. King Kong versus Godzilla way more, I think. Yeah, it's his pepperoni face. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like Palpatine King Kong, you know? Electricity going on, you know? Like Oh, fuck that movie. 
<laughs> fuck <laughs> fuck him with his lightning powers. That King Kong's a drug addict anyways. He's addicted to berry juice. Mm. <laughs> well, he lives. Both he and his girlfriend are apparently, like, addicts to the moon because they talk <laughs> through the moon. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, we'll get not, into it. It's not that bad <laughs> if you think about it. Oh, we'll get we'll we'll get into it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Venom. Yes, sir. What about you? How did you find motherfucking escape, my motherfucker? Oh, I've I've always been a fan of this one. Like I said, it, it, there's so much for me to be uh, familiar with because of the connections with Rankin Bass and the connections to classic sci-fi um, because of the star. I've always been a fan of this one. Like I said, I actually really like this story. As you know, aside from the King Kong stuff, um, you know, Doctor Who. Sure, Doctor Who is a little bit of an over-the-top villain, um, almost like very much like a '60s Bond villain. Just. Um, a little more over the top than some of those. But like I said, just because the English version of this was the first one I ever saw. And once I realized, you know, who some of the voices were in this, I absolutely fell in love with the film. I mean, you know, this film's not like perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I'm, I'm right there with Derek. I'm not a big fan of this King Kong design. Uh, for me, it's mostly the the eyes. I'm just not a big fan of the emotionless don't eyes you, that we get. Don't, don't you love that that blanking scene? <laughs> the close up blanking scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> you, you, you know that scene I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the lights. Oh, that's awful, bro. A little bit, yeah. But, I mean, it makes up for it in the third act. I think this is actually a really good kaiju fight before they start climbing the tower. Um, the fight on the ground, I thought, was pretty impressive, considering it's a giant gorilla fighting a robot. It was still mildly compelling. Um, some decent editing in that sequence. Um, once they start climbing the tower, I don't know, the, the believability of it starts to go a little bit out the window. Um, not to say that any of this movie is really believable, quote unquote, but it's still, you know, the the second half of this fight when they're climbing the tower just gets a little over the top for me. But it's still overall this works, uh, you know, the, from beginning to end, this movie works for me. Um, as Glenn mentioned earlier, it's got it's got a really good charm to it. It has heart. Um, you know, like I said, a fairly compelling story, some decent writing. Um, decent editing for the time because editing is one of the things that I always have a major problem with with 60s Toho films. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes the editing's not up to par, but this one's actually above average. So, yeah, all in all, I enjoy this movie. It's definitely something that I can return to, um, you know, once a year maybe and, you know, get a lot of enjoyment out of it. It's, it's a quick watch. You know, it's only like an hour and 36 or eight minutes, whatever it is. So... Yeah, I'm definitely on board for King Kong Escapes. Cool. Uh, you want to go ahead um, before we go to the ranking? You want to go ahead, uh, BDG, or I go? Yeah, sure, I'll go. Um, like you pretty much said, I mean, there's a there are it for what it is, it's fun. You know, no one's gonna accuse this film of being like, uh, you know, some like high art film or anything you know you're going in it to watch like a giant ape attack a giant robot 
and you get just what you want. It's, it, That's pretty much it, really. It, it's it's true, though, when you think about it, because, I mean, when you think about it, like, oh, you want you want some some... Like even like the better example I can give you. The first time I saw that film, I I bought that Blu-ray that, that when it came out. That Blu-ray, the first time that film was released on Blu-ray was like what 2013, maybe. Maybe yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a King Go flick. Like it looks like fun, and I'm gonna just watch it. Like just let it play, and it's just dumb fun. It's enjoyable for what it is. There's nothing more to it and there's nothing less to it. It's just enjoyable for what it is. It's yeah. actually like, how can I say it? Um, don't expect something um, like, let's say, um, don't, I mean, if you go, like, if you're like, if you love, like, um, Peter Jackson's uh, King Kong, don't watch this. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> not going to get anything like that. Why, would fall asleep on the boat? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, and I think for, especially for the time it was made, too, and it's it's kind of like, um, you look... You, you look at King Kong, um, yes, it was a big name, but I don't think it was big as nowadays, too. So, I, I, I kind of um, appreciate that someone actually, like, like, <coughs> uh, cor- coronavirus someone gave it a shot. thing <laughs> 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 with it. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. We're all about that dark humor. Or sorry, I mean, um, <laughs> someone we, we ain't sorry for nothing. It's it's you know. Someone actually like took it and like just gave it a shot. Like and even like from the get go, you you got like King Kong versus Godzilla, and that's like one of my guilty guilty pleasure. Like for real, that's one of my guilty pleasures. It's not a great film, but it's so enjoyable for what it is. And it's kind of the same thing. I can't watch Godzilla versus King Kong without watching King Kong Escapes right after it. I just can't. Mm-hmm. I just can't. It, it, it goes so well, I think, like, together, even if they are not really story-wise, like, related. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so enjoyable, bro. I think it's a fun <laughs> film. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Oh, yes, yeah. very much so. I mean, yeah. Again, that suit is bad, though. Yeah, so, some of the suits, bro, like that that dinosaur. Gorosaurus. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's fresh, bro. Oh, wait till you see him on that Monsters Island buddy <laughs> show. He has a catchphrase and everything. Did, did anyone, like realize how long it took for Kong like to? get past, like, by the end, get past those barriers. <laughs> oh, oh, the yeah. gate, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, it took, like, that's crazy, bro. It took him, like, 
with 30 minutes or something like that? It's like five. It's not not over exaggerated. It probably felt like 30 minutes, but yeah. Yeah. At least there's other stuff going on. I mean, I think that was the point of that scene was to not have to have King Kong on screen the whole time so that we can concentrate on the human character. There's five minutes of Kong, like just rushing on those like barriers and shit. And like, you come back like 20 minutes later and it's like, Oh, like, Oh, like having like a hard time with those barriers. Like you're King Kong, bro. (laughs) Like, well, for, I mean, in their defense, they did make that barrier specifically for Kong to keep him out. So, yeah. You know, it took him just took him a little extra effort to get her yeah. open. Oh. Yeah, I'm a... you know what I mean, though. It, it took him a while to get the other one open in the original too, though the original thirty-three version. That is true. Yep. But same thing there. I mean, you know, yeah. it's built for him. So you know, if he could just smash through it in three seconds, what the hell's the point of even building it? Exactly. Yeah. Question is. Is Godzilla around? Is it part of like the Godzilla versus Kong universe you think? I think not. Because they don't I really don't mention Godzilla. So Even if it's still like Toho, like the original like uh King Kong versus Godzilla, I mean. Yeah, it's not connected, I don't remember think so, because he would have why doesn't he have lightning powers? I would have preferred it if it had been connected, honestly. I mean uh I would have loved to have seen uh, Godzilla fighting Mecha Kong. <laughs> Actually, I'd be on board for that too. Mecha Kong yeah. versus Mecha Godzilla and King Kong versus Godzilla—that <laughs> would have been. Dope. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I think, go- ironically, Godzilla versus the Sea Monster, I think, came out the same year as this, and that was originally supposed to be a King Kong film. A four-month right. earlier. Four-month earlier, I think. I think yeah, I think it was the same because this that story was supposed to be the story for King Kong Escapes originally was the Godzilla versus the Sea Monsters storyline. That's why you see Godzilla again waking up by lightning and fucking he starts to act rapey to that one island broad. <laughs> those rapey eyebrows. Am I the only uh, one around here who wish we got Ghost Godzilla? Hey, kind of did in GMK. I'm just saying. Oh, nah. to an extent. Nah, fuck out of here, GMK, bro. Movie's <laughs> fucking awesome. It is, bro. Ghost Godzilla. I'm talking about like the OG Godzilla, like the OG Godzilla being a ghost fighting. <laughs> but anyways, you want Godzilla or whatever you want, bro. That's just. Yeah, but to the point, you guys, you want to give me my final thoughts on King Kong Escapes? Yeah. Yeah, okay, thank you. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed this film a lot. You know, it's cheesy, Cheryl Honda goodness, a lot of great miniature shit happening. The major problem with the film is the ape suit. Like, the, the, they could never get apes right back in the day. No. With no. the suitimation. It worked a lot better with, like, the lizards and, you know, like, real weird-looking creatures, if that makes sense. But overall, it's I still kind of like it because it is cheesy in some aspects. I like the long shot of it running to the dock when it's about to destroy the fuck out of that boat. 
<laughs> That's pretty fucking funny. You know, the dubbing's what it is. Uh, quick fact, uh, the director of Skull Island, this is actually his favorite King Kong film. Yep, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it kind of makes sense why he would think that, and, you know, Winton Guard's a huge fan of that, too. And I'm glad that you could see that, because it could put respective of, like, those type of movies into their films, which yeah. is pretty fucking rad and cool. And, uh, yeah, I... I love this film. It's one of my. It's actually one of my favorite King Kong films of all time. It's one of your favorite kaiju film, though. It's it's in the top twenty for sure. It's it's definitely up there for me. It's fun. Like I said, as long as it has that Ufukube soundtrack, I'm I'm all fucking in for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so you wanna you want me just to to go with that ranking system? Ratings out of ten. Yes. Yeah. Ratings out of 10. There you go. Out of 10, enjoyability. Like, how do you rank it? Uh, For me, as far as sheer enjoyability, yeah, it's going to be really high. Uh, I can watch this movie anytime. It's got really great rewatchability. I have a good time with it every time I watch it. Um, I would probably give it a 9 out of 10 for that. Nice. Yeah, it's a nine for me also. For me, it's an 8.5 because I just prefer, like, Kong versus Godzilla, I think. That's the only cons that I got going on for it. So it's a, yeah, yeah, like, uh, yeah, it's an 8.5 out of 10. Um, yeah, no, ah. Uh, I I was at a nine point five for real, but now that I think about ah, it, oh, it's the, that kind of film. I'm I'd say nine. I'd say nine out of ten for real. <laughs> yeah, nine out of ten. Yeah. Enjoyability nine out of ten all all the way. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a damn fun movie. Uh, I give it. You know what? I, I'm giving it an eight out of ten. Uh, mainly because just, you know, just, just from personal taste, I prefer my kaiju films darker. Mm-hmm. But I, I hear you. Know, like I said, that's just completely, uh, like a personal taste thing, you know, but it was a damn fun movie. And nice. that's with, you know, I mean, think of it, you got Kong versus a robot Kong, uh, if if you can't make that fun, there's something <laughs> wrong with you. Yep. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, next um, criteria is out of ten um, rewashability. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna come in with the exact same score. Like I said earlier, I could watch this movie almost any time. It's not nearly my favorite kaiju movie. It's probably Next to the 1933 original, and of course the recent Skull Island, um, this is easily a top three King Kong movie for me, but it probably would not fall anywhere in my top 25 favorite kaiju films, but for what it's worth, I can watch this pretty much any time, so yeah, I'm coming in at the same score, 9 out of 10. What about you, um, Derek? Oh yeah, this is definitely the same score, the 
nine out of ten for me. Like like, I, like Venom said, there's a lot of other kaiju movies that I watch a little bit more than this one because I like fucking giant bugs and lizards and fucking <laughs> other shit, you know, and weird crazy shit in my movie sometimes. And you know, this is a giant monkey movie or a giant robot, but I still get it was good to revisit it because it's actually been maybe like a year since I watched this last. So it's always good to fun to revisit, you know. Mm-hmm. Plus, I'm a huge Bond film fan, and I like kind of like Bond plots sometimes. So it works for that for me. So yeah, I give it a nine for rewatchability. Rewatchability for me, that's a ten, bro. I mean, like anywhere, I, I, like that's the kind of film, like. Uh, I'd see it, like, anywhere, whenever, bro. I'd have a black. Even if, like, um, you know, someone could get shot in the fucking face, like, <laughs> right, like, by my side, and that film was playing, I would probably more... <laughs> so so you'd, you'd be more concerned with... Uh... Godzilla escapes and some dude getting shot in the face. Yeah. Probably. Man. Man, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> Probably both, but... It's, it's thinking... certainly uh, something. Okay. <laughs> yeah. PDG, uh, um, did you say it? Uh, did no. you... My, mine, uh, for re- rewatchability, is definitely a 10. Uh, nice. It, it's like like I said, it's just it's just fun, and you can't you can't go wrong with a good fun movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, like I said, I, I prefer the darker type stuff, but you know, it's there's only so much dark you can take. Uh-huh. You, know, you, you need just like a fun. Like essentially popcorn flicks sometimes. Sure. And this definitely know. falls into that category. For uh, someone that never saw it, I mean, I, I, I probably most of the people that don't watch kaiju films probably haven't seen it. But um, let's say, would would you buy or rent? This is a purchase for me, absolutely. If this if this thing ever comes out on a 4K Blu-ray, I will be the first one to pre-order it. Well, yeah. Yeah, this is definitely a buy for me. Fucking fantastic. Add it to your kaiju collection, fellas and girls. Yeah. Absolutely, same for me, bro. The minute that blue came out, I jumped on it right away. I just love it, bro. I I, I agree. It's a buy, and I mean, because let's let's be a hundred percent honest. Also, it's 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 cheap, mm-hmm. and you would spend more to rent it than it is to buy it. So buy it. Yeah, it's like uh, at least here in Canada, it's like what fourteen ninety nine on Amazon. Something yeah, it's about it's about that here. It's about that here. I think that's like ten here. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's cheap, it's fun. That's what you gotta like, you know, cheap and fun. Uh-huh. Like I like my women. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and short. 
Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, so Element X was actually Baby Yoda, right? I think so. <laughs> I just love that, you know, they're going on and on and on about this Element X, and it... it, it it, uh, it, it doesn't what matter. Is actually, what is Element X? It's the shit. It's the shit in the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, <laughs> I believe that a hundred percent. We should move yeah. on to King Kong motherfucking lives. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. If we have to. <laughs> I, I love that film, bro. Well, let's get into it. Be careful, man. King Kong lies in a coma for ten years. What <laughs> transfusion to facilitate a heart transplant? When a giant female ape is brought to help revive him, <laughs> manages to escape with her. Hey. You gotta love that the like overly dramatic uh, <laughs> thing is like you, you could just imagine that being said by the by that guy on the movie trailers. In, in a world, yeah. In a world where we have giant artificial heart transplants for apes. <laughs> I'm gonna say it right away. I'm gonna say it right away, guys. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite Kong film. Oh, you're going to hate me then. Oh, yeah, then you're not going to enjoy us. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, but that's my favorite Kong film, for real. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll talk with some positives. I do like the ape designs. I like how they're different. Is it the same Uh, suit, though? Kind of. You know, Giannata de Rossi, of course, did the effects of Zombie, did the female one. Yeah. I I like how he did, like, red... It's, uh... Female one with the red fur. I like how you know it's a little differences. I like how they differentiate the apes mm-hmm. in that sense. She uh, got floppy tits, bro. That's the, the a, only a, thing I saw, bro. That's the floppiest tits I saw, bro. Well, it's a gorilla. Yeah, I, yeah. That, I, I don't think it'd be perky. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was supposed to be turned on by an ape. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think before you got a, a few more problems than uh, Jeremy Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh. Oh my. Like, there's no character development in this movie at all. Like, why the fuck is Henda Hamilton so infatuated? Indiana fucking Jones, bro. <laughs> Discount. Like, Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Linda Hamilton, why does she care about Kong so much? Like, through the whole movie, like, we don't even know her. Yeah. I know, she's just some random doctor. But she's hot as fuck, bro. She's fucking hot in this film, bro. She is. She I is. mean, I'll give her that. She's probably the most attractive she's ever looked, but unfortunately, I don't judge my movies based on how attractive the actress is, unfortunately. Oh, I bet you see, seen Terminator Dark Fate? I have. That's some fine cougar, bro. <laughs> <laughs> We're a smoking voice. Hello there, I'm Sarah Connor. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I'm right there, Derek. I I think this is one of the better Kong suit designs. Um, I like that the face actually has expression 
as opposed to King Kong Escapes, where they're not really able to do much with facial expressions. Um, I thought it might have it might have been just a little over the top the times that the apes smiled. But that bro i don't I, I, is is it a con or is it are, are you with it with that or what's that are you are you with it like when you say like um like you were like um like that smile and shit like i love that shit is it a con for you i love that fucking uh, it kind of is i only and the only reason i say it is because since this movie kind of was going for a little bit more of a grounded in reality type um aesthetic and gorillas don't smile in real life. So it's one of those things that it just it bothered me a little bit. Not much. It's not like it took me out of the movie. But it, it... What's that? I was just going to say the real thing that really took me out of the music movie is the fucking soundtrack. It's like the Black Stallion or something playing over. Like this weird love theme like... Doo, 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 doo. Yeah. It's a weird combination... <laughs> It's a weird combination of like inspirational music and early eighties porn. Yeah. Which isn't necessarily Maybe. a bad thing, but it does kind of take you out of the movie. Actually a soft porn. And we don't know it. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with that. Like like this movie I thought it was almost over and it was only forty minutes in. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't true. Why you hate that film, bro? It's so <laughs> stupid. Like it's so tedious, and watch some of the scenes. Like there's so many subplots happening that like, they don't like, even care about. Like, like just, just the um one note that I took uh, when that that uh when Lady Kong um gave birth. Look at the size of the chin. <laughs> like that's the tiniest motherfucking baby compared it's so to so fucking stupid. Motherfucking big mom. That's the biggest fucking vagina, bro. That makes no fucking damn sense. That's why that it's stupid. True. It's supposed to be ground reality. You know, like why is this ape like the size of a human? <laughs> and and do do giant apes like give birth in three days? I mean, it's like they fucked and like two days later she gives birth. <laughs> well, with heart transplant, maybe, bro. You don't know. You got uh, a heart transplant? I, have you ever got a heart transplant? <laughs> I don't know how a heart transplant would affect uh, a creature's semen, but I mean, <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know for sure, bro. <laughs> I, That's the whole. I went through that shit. <laughs> just, just, just the whole fucking beginning where it's like, you know, where they show like the first clips of like '76 Kong and shit. Yeah, like, I, I can't the, believe y'all didn't enjoy that film, bro. Then the, the fucking it goes into like, you know, ten years later or something. Fucking, yeah. he's in like a coma, and you see like the giant iron lung. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Well, My question: giant, giant blood, blood bag. My biggest question is: Why does Linda Hamilton want to revive Kong? I mean, Kong fucked New York up in the '76 movie, and then, but they give us no motivation whatsoever. Yeah, no ex exclamation at all. No, nothing. They it's just want to... And they, and they talk about how much money they spent on it. It's like, are, are you going to try to make them a circus attraction or something? Like, why are these private um, fund guys, you know, funders, 
giving their money, millions and millions of dollars, to revive this thing that's just going to fuck your city all up again. It, <laughs> it, it, Indiana Jones going to be rich. He said it on the phone from the get-go. I'm going to be rich. rich. Right. He was going to be rich by selling uh, Queen Kong. And that's also a missed opportunity. How do you not call her Queen Kong? Fuck that. That's a way better name than Lady Kong. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, yeah, like I said, the whole the whole thing with wanting to revive Kong and then after they find the female, the first thing they think about is bringing her over to do a blood transfusion. It's like, how short are these people's memory? Do they not remember what King Kong did just 10 years ago? But now you want to bring two of these fuckers over here? Oh, I, I love, it, I, yeah, I, I love that's one thing. Why do you even care? Like these like, people are assholes. They just oh, greedy gosh. motherfuckers because they're so greedy. Because they're like, so what should we do? Well, if the transplant doesn't go well, then another university will get the ape. I'm like, fuck. Okay, we'll do it. You know, like fucking a and John Ashton as the fucking army dude. Holy yeah. fuck, is he a huge fucking asshole? He's the greatest oh, actor in this movie. Big, oh, easily, yeah. Freeman, bro, of the kaiju universe. That's, that's the biggest motherfucking piece of shit, man, I ever saw. And that 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 crushing scene in the graveyard, like when he when he runs and he got crushed by by yeah. Kong. That's, that's the best part of the movie. Of how I just love that the feet are just sticking out. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought they were gonna twirl up into like Wizard of Oz style or something. <laughs> But 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 he's the best character because he actually knows what's going on. He's like, you want to revive these fucking creatures? <laughs> Fuck Jones, bro. Mm -hmm. Like like he's he's the only character that actually makes sense in the movie. It's kind of sad. He's like, you want to revive these creatures? Fuck that! I'm killing them. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. But like I said, for a movie like this that's supposed to be grounded in reality, they definitely don't fill in a lot of plot holes, a lot of motivations. Um, Hashtag it, it just... blame What's that? Hashtag blame Laurentis. Oh, well, yeah. Dino. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he, he produced the first one, too. And... Yeah, and that was great. I mean, I think if I remember correctly, Jessica Lange got nominated for an Oscar for that movie. So, I mean, that movie is pretty decent. Um, granted, I haven't seen it in almost 20 years, admittedly, but um, I, from what I remember from the couple of times I've seen it, I enjoyed it a lot. But man, this one, like I said, it just had, aside from the storytelling, just some of the dialogue in this movie is fucking cringeworthy. Yeah. I mean, I wrote down, I wrote down it some of the lines. It is cringeworthy, bro. Well, when do you do that, that whole, like, um surgery thing like uh oh there's some blood like um uh, i i need you like, to take out the blood and they they go out like um uh, they, they like they went in like with a huge like stainless steel like vacuum in there bro that's like i i, I loved how all of them just got on his chest to cut his chest so far. yeah <laughs> it's so retarded it's so oh, god yeah so just the tones of this movie just the pacing of it just like, some of the subplots, like, with the Hunters, I'm like, okay, really? Yeah, 80s movies always tried to make rednecks look like shitty people. Yeah. Uh, that always bothered me. <laughs> they still are, though, but... 
No, no. I've I've known many rednecks, and they're they're some of the nicest people I've ever met. Usually very hospitable, a lot friendlier. You know, they're not they're not the type that are like, "What you doing in my neighborhood, boy?" Yeah, it's not Southern comfort at all. No, it's not. It's not. Um, what do you call it? What you're doing, my neighborhood boy? Well, here in Quebec City, it's all just call it sit more than my neck. That's how it works, you know. <laughs> oh man but some of the uh, i wrote down some of the awful fucking lines in this movie i mean here just just a couple um uh, only man. one thing will save kong a miracle oh my god <laughs> I, I i i literally i i think that line gave me a <laughs> It was just yeah, that, that's cringeworthy as fuck. Oh, I mean, just the other, just the other the... monkeys gone ape shit. Really? <laughs> that's the line that you're gonna fucking go with. They're the whole... tall and wearing their birthday suits. <sighs> Are you fucking joking me? And that was John Ashton. Ah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just the whole, just the whole ending with Kong's dying and fucking go see your son, Kong. Go see your son. I was cringing so hard. Like that final scene, bro. That that final scene is even worse. On the uh, island. Uh, oh, that's, oh, that's the cancer of cancer. That scene. I said that to Venom. Oh God, it really is. And even the misogyny. I, I understand that this is. I understand. sees father once. Like he's dying. Like on the front of the the forge. Like oh. <laughs> yeah, probably. Hey, for, for as silly as that scene was, it actually almost got me. Like, I started to actually feel a little something when Baby Kong started to like cry out right after you know King died. I yeah. was like, oh, that, that they actually pulled off a little bit of emotion here. Go figure. Because I would have never given this movie credit. You know, after watching the first half, I would have never given them credit for being able to actually put together a mildly emotional scene. But they actually. Oh, were- I don't. I don't. I don't get how you like bash that film so much, bro. It's so enjoyable. That's my favorite Kong film, bro. <laughs> really. That's fine. Hey, your your opinion's just as valid as anybody else's. I'm as I said earlier. I'm never gonna shit on anybody for their opinion. But oh, yeah. I, I gotta be honest to myself, and it's like, you can't, yeah, bro, stay, stay, stay true to yourself. Like, no problem with that, bro. Yep, yep. Just, just like I said, don't, King Kong... don't bring that shit on my fucking podcast. You know? <laughs> <laughs> How dare I bring my honesty on your show? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding, bro. But I, so I just don't get it. It's all good, Will. This is me during the King Ghidorah episode. <laughs> of Wonderwater Kaiju. Like Derek, Derek said it best earlier when we were when we when me and him were talking earlier. King Kong escapes knows what it is. It knows what it wants to be. The campiness in that one comes off as mildly believable and comical. Whereas this movie, because they kind of went at, for a more grounded in reality aesthetic, it and the, they the terrible so dialogue bad that is it's even more enjoyable. I think. Oh, see, that's the thing. See, that that's a problem that a lot of people have with me. I don't believe in it's so bad it's good. Like I, I don't, I don't buy into that statement. If it's bad, it's just bad. You can still like it. I don't care. I'm not like as I said. You like what you like, and that's awesome. But as far as it's so bad it's good, I don't buy into that. A bad movie is a bad movie. It's as simple as that. This is a bad movie. Some people are gonna like it more than others, and that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But so the way that I look at movies, how about pieces? How about pieces? 
Well, pieces knows what it is, though. That's the problem. Yeah, it, exactly. You know, it's uh, it's a it's a so bad cool. movie with some so, great oh, funny so, moments. So what is but it's exploitation too. Edward, I mean, exploitation. Brad Nine or like, Bride of the Monster. But but Bride but this doesn't have King Kong grabbing a guy's cock and ripping it out at the end either. Like yeah, still, it, it's it's it might be a better movie if it did. So yeah. bad is good. It's still so bad is good. But Ed Wood movies, once again, just like King Kong Escapes, Ed Wood movies have a certain charm to them. They have a certain cheap aesthetic that makes them enjoyable. This was a big budget movie. This wasn't, you know, this wasn't an indie. This movie had a decent sized budget. It opened in theaters. Um, it, it opened on Christmas of 1986. So it, it, it was a big movie at the time that obviously flopped. I don't believe it made very much money. But that's the point is that if you're going to pump this much money into it, you're going to get name actors like Linda Hamilton and John Ashton in there. And and you're going to, you know, try to ground the storyline in reality. I expect a little bit more. If if they would have gone with a campy feel right from the start, I might have been a little bit more forgiving of it. But because they don't, because they go for a more serious tone, I have to judge it the way I see it. And that's kind of the way I see it. And it yeah. seems like most people agree with me because looking at the IMDb score, it's pretty damn oh, low. And it... IMDb, bro. I'm not a... I mean, I'm not... I'm not basing my shit on IMDb. Well, I mean, of course not. No one does. But the point is, is that after I watch a movie, it's nice to go online and go to places like Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic and see that most people agree with me. And if, and you, as I, if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, bro, The Last Jedi is actually good, and it's fucking trash. Well, yeah, that's a conversation for another show because I a hundred percent disagree with you there too. Yeah. Oh, oh, me too. Oh, oh, <laughs> I want a, and you're talking to a guy who's seen every Star Wars movie on opening day since 1977, and I I do not believe Rise of Skywalker is a bad movie. It has its problems, absolutely. Oh, it's not. not Rise a, of Skywalker. I'm talking about the Last Jedi. Oh, the last. Oh, ooh, huh. yeah. I, I disagree with you even more then, because I think the Last Jedi is the best movie of the new trilogy. I'm making enemies left and right. I love it. <laughs> uh, personally, I don't. I, uh, let's I, save it for another show, guys. Come on. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into another tangent. <laughs> eh, we're almost done here. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, you know, when I come into a movie like King Kong Lives that was a big budget, big, you know, blockbuster type release, I expect a little bit more of it than a 1967 Toho movie. And the fact that the 67 Toho movie is better written, better acted, um, even the green screen effects look better in the 67 movie than in this one. The green screen in this movie is terrible. It mm. does not look good for a movie that's 20, what, 19 years newer. It's the same age as me, 33. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just... I mean, like I said, the um, the the ape costumes look great, but the green screen effects look just as bad here as they did in an early '60s sci-fi movie, and that bothers me. It uh, again, I, I tend to ask, where did the budget for this movie go? Kind of like uh, Derek said, like hold as as he is. And even that, I think it's shit. <laughs> so I can't. <laughs> I mean, this movie in 1986 got a $10 million budget. $10 million it costs to make this movie. 
where the fuck did the money go? Because it didn't go into writing. It didn't go into, you know, making the effects, you know, awesome. I'll fully admit they spent a good amount of money on the suits themselves. I thought the suits looked great. But where did the rest of the money go? I don't know. (laughs) Bro, I got to say, set pieces. There are some pretty good set pieces, bro. Sure. No, absolutely. Once again, uh, some of the scenes with the military attacking Kong still look really good. Um, uh, uh, as long as they keep them in separate shots, once they bring them into the same shot and you get that green screen effect with the humans in the foreground and, and King Kong in the background, I I think it doesn't look very good. That's just my opinion. It doesn't. Well, you know, you gotta pay for that giant, like plastic heart, bro. Someone's going to pay for that. (laughs) Yeah. Very true. (laughs) Oh I God. guess if that plastic heart cost them a million dollars, then maybe I can understand. If it took like it one tenth of the budget, then maybe. I believe it. What about you, uh, Glenn? Uh, I'm kind of of the same mindset. I like it. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've always had a soft spot for this movie because I used to watch this as a kid a hell of a lot. But um, the thing is, like, yeah, it doesn't know what it's trying to be. Like, on one hand, you got the... Because, I mean, the 70... Is it 78, the Dino De Laurentiis? 70, 76. 76. That one, you know, it took itself seriously. Yeah. You know? And, you know, this is like the follow-up to it. So, by all rights, this should have taken itself seriously. But then you have these these moments where it does take itself seriously, and other moments where... It's like, I don't know, it's like, like, Kong, Kong's like, le- like, leaning over, like, trying to get his hand around and everything, it's like, really? <laughs> I mean, that that's one thing, I think, um, they made Kong too human. Yeah, and, and the whole thing with it, how Kong and Lady Kong's romance kind of emulated... Um, Linda Hamilton and Indiana Jones romance kind of yeah. bothered me. Oh that, yeah, that was oh, why that 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 moon via moon connection. It, that that was just weird. That, that's that's that's, that's the only scene I remembered from this movie for the longest time because I seen this when I was a kid too. Yeah, and I remember like this weird awkward scene where they were having they were about to fuck and Linda Hamilton wanted to fuck. You know, everyone wanted the fuck because of the moon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah hey, the moon's romantic. I mean, I mean, Kong, Kong, like when when um, bitch Kong, floppy tits, bitch Kong is captured. <laughs> like um, like Kong just looks at the moon. He's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. well, I love the fact that it apparently she's a hundred percent having it because she's like, oh. <laughs> You know, <laughs> what are you gonna say? I just love the fact that you know, like Kong like gets washed down like a river and then like d- apparently disappears for three months. Yeah, I know he got he banged his head off a rock. Yeah, and like no one knew <laughs> he was there <laughs> eating alligators. That's a lot of effect too, bro. Yeah, that's my favorite part. Though, I, I I love the part where um he's eating the guy. Oh, the <laughs> there's no trees. blood. And and yeah. yeah, but he he literally pulls a guy in half, and there's no blood, not not a single. 
Drop. Yeah. Drop. Then he takes the hat out of his mouth and there's no blood in the hat. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's the thing. I, I just wish... I, I think, essentially, what this movie kind of did is it kind of killed the American kaiju genre for a long time. Yeah, it's over true. ten years. It, 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 yeah. It's true. I, I gotta say it's true. I, I think so, too. Yep. And I, I think a big part of it is the, you know... like Godzilla 97 is the offspring of <laughs> King Kong Liz. Yeah, kind of. Uh. No, you know, I mean, like, it's not goofy and fun enough to be, like, goofy and fun. And, yeah, it, and it's not serious enough to be, like, serious and scary. Yeah. But, you know, so it's 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 in this weird middle ground where, it, where it's almost like trying to do two things and kind of failing at both. This is one of the reasons why uh, they took a long time to make the sequel to Godzilla 85 was because of this film, Bombing in Japan. Yeah. You know, they took... I definitely believe that. And, uh... Yeah, I can see why. And and this is... This and, uh, Biollante, which is only two Godzilla films that we had. Uh, you know, these are the only two kaiju films that we got to see, because a lot of the other ones didn't get released because they bombed. Well, speak for yourself. Because in Canada, bro, in Quebec City, we uh, we got a like an indie like um, cinema here since the mid '90s, and we got uh, we even got like the original like um, I believe 16 millimeter print of like um, what was uh, Godzilla 2000? Like someone did a rip on some rip on some Godzilla rip of what movie? Not Godzilla 2000. It was a 16 millimeter of. It's one of the latest, like uh, early 2000 Godzilla that was shot. Um, some scenes were shot on 16 millimeters, I think. Well, the, hmm. well, it's actually because the only other Godzilla movie, like Toho one, that was released in theaters after Biollante was Godzilla 2000. Yeah, I saw yeah. that in the theater. Yeah, me too. No, but we had like um, we had like um, like a horror, not, not a horror fest, but like a monster fest here in Quebec City, and we we got a hold of some prints. Come, come um, like like uh, like we did for um, you know when um, uh, um, Apocalypse Now was showing like uh that um, those screenings they like uh, two or three months ago. Mm. We got mm-hmm. one in city because we asked for him. Oh, and they did the same thing with some Godzilla print. I just saw glints of it, but they managed right. to like get some fucking decent. Um, I think it was sixteen millimeter. Ah, what was it? Sixteen millimeter? Ah. Probably thirty-five. Sixteen 35. seems. Yeah, probably thirty-five. 16, 16 usually used for low-budget films. Yeah, 16 would look really shitty in a theater. Ah, uh, uh, you know what? I think I know what the 16mm was. It's the French dub of the King of the Monster with uh, Raymond Burr. Oh. That was a 16mm. That, that potentially could have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Uh, that was the uh, 16mm. And we got, after that, we got 
um, Sea Monster, which is one of my favorite. After that, we got uh, versus Ghidorah. After that, ah, I remember, but I mean, still, hashtag fuck Gagan. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Gigan. I know he never did anything to anybody. He never got the chance. What? I I don't know what you got for Gagan. Well, he's not even my favorite kaiju. First off, no, he's that, my favorite well, villain that, kaiju. That was that was written down, bro. As one of my questions, what's your favorite kaiju and shit? I was like, oh, they're gonna say Gagan. I don't want. I don't <laughs> want people to say. I don't want people to say, did what you, a did, bunch of pussy. Did, did you I ask that question? That shit. Did you ask that question, though? No. Not today. Earlier. No. He had asked us in the chat, I believe. Oh, I was asleep, I think. Well, oh, this was weeks ago, like when we first started talking. Uh, when you're maybe. You're about guy, Gigan? You're about Gigan, bro. Well, Mothra is my favorite kaiju of all time. I mean, favorite kaiju for me. It's obviously the man himself for me. Not, nobody beats Godzilla, but Match. I mean, Gigan is is easily my favorite villainous. Uh, the the my favorite of the villain kaiju. Oh, god damn! But anyways, guys, <laughs> we're we're getting way off topic. I think <laughs> King Kong lives. Talk. Let's end it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it, yeah. it 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 is what it is. Let's rate this bit. Let's rate this. It's good shit. Don't listen to it. To what they say. It's bullshit. And it's good shit. Alright, let's rate it then. Yeah. Uh, Someone's in a hurry. (laughs) Hey, the strippers aren't going to wait for me, man. Hell yeah. There we go. So, who's taking out? You want to? Take us out of here before I do. All right. So what's uh what's the first one? Enjoyability, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Also, we're not actually leaving. I thought we were actually leaving. We had to rate the movie. <laughs> oh no, we first, gotta rate homie. it. Oh no, we'll rate it absolutely. Um, as far as enjoyment goes, it's, uh, a, the, it's a camp. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, just one a second. Um, Glenn. Yeah. We'll need some editing. There. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure you're going to need a lot of editing. <laughs> I'll probably just put it up raw, honestly. <laughs> That's what you, we we usually do, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, enjoyability. All right. Uh, as far as I'm concerned for enjoyment, it, it's a campy little movie. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen by any stretch. Um I would, like I said, because of the fact that they kind of go for a more serious tone, it fails a little bit in that sense. If they would have gone for a little bit more of a campy tone, maybe dialed up the comedy a little bit more, I might have enjoyed yeah. it a little bit more. But uh, I'm going to come middle of the road for enjoyment on this one and just give it a 5 out of 10. Because it's not, like I said, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but I also don't think I'm going to be returning to this that often, if ever. Yeah. If ever. <laughs> uh, I'll go next. 
King Kong lives. What can I say about an enjoyment factor? This was a slog for me to get through, guys. It, I didn't enjoy this really at all. There were some moments I did like, like more of the action stuff with like Kong getting sprayed with fucking bullets, like he was in like a Lucio Fulci film. Uh, <laughs> but uh, overall, just the overall story was just fucking retarded in my opinion. Four point five out of ten. I fucking didn't enjoy this a lot at all on rewatch, and plus that fucking ending just pissed me the fuck off. I threw my fucking beer can at the fucking TV. Like, <laughs> fuck, fuck you, baby Kong. Fuck you. <laughs> what are you fucking Tarzan? Fuck off. Tiniest baby for the biggest vagina, bro. That's what it is. It was yeah. like, like, does he have brothers and sisters? I'm like, fucking fuck that movie. Four point five out of ten. Nice. <laughs> oh. Uh, rewatchability <laughs> for me, bro, it's a nine point five out of ten. It's so I enjoyable. <laughs> you grab a couple of beers, bro. It's so all over the place. It's, I mean, just did you like, ever watch it sober though? Huh? <laughs> what? Did you ever watch it sober? Uh, yeah, actually, um, um. Ten years ago, I nice. did. <laughs> Eighty-four years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I've never been the same since. Yeah, and but I I say, bro, it's I mean, like from the get go, like just, <laughs> like just, like, okay, let's put it this way: movie begins, it's the ending of um seventy-six, right? Mm-hmm. 76 ending it ends roll up the credits you end up in a lab there's a big A laying down <laughs> waiting for a heart or blood transplant bro I mean <laughs> that's not love really. most of it <laughs> I, I, I just love it bro I, I, I really do like it's it's nothing special, but it's it's special and in, in kind of like um, you know like I am special, you know, like retarded special, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's super cool. I'll I love that. it. So you're the Sean Penn of this podcast. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm still better than during you, bro. I'll give you that. <laughs> oh, is it legend, legend real talk? What happened? I don't know. Is, is, is it real legend talk? Better than Jeremy? I'll give you that. Is it real talk? I'd say so. I think it is. <laughs> I think it is. Well, you know. As much as I do, you know? We do what we do. We do what we do. <laughs> Who's next? Uh, I'll go ahead and take it. Um, as far as rewatchability goes, as I said earlier, um, I don't see myself coming back to this too terribly often. Um, it's 
honestly, I would probably rather watch any other King Kong movie than this one. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Mighty Joe Young, 1933, 1976, even the Peter Jackson one, which I'm not a big fan of. Even with a couple of beers? That's what, and and that's what I was going to allude to. Actually, is that even though this is the this is the least of the King Kong movies, in my opinion, if you can get together with some friends, have some drinks, have some herbal delights, whatever it is that you like, um, then it would be a fun movie. It would be just a fun movie to have, you know, to have a few beers and have fun with. But I mean, you know, if it comes down to me actually sitting in my house, you know, either by myself or just me and my wife. And, you know, we feel like watching a King Kong movie. It will definitely not be this one. So, unfortunately, I'm going to have to come in with a 3 out of 10 for rewatchability. Damn. <laughs> yeah, boy. Uh, we're, we're, we're at the buy or rent. Well, I, didn't you want me to rate it on rewatchability? <laughs> he yeah, probably doesn't. You're going to do the buy or rent. What with uh, that, motherfucker? Uh, well, it's definitely like a download illegally, if you're curious. <laughs> yeah. Come on, bro. Well, it's kind of a download illegally because you can't buy it anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe it's a rent if you're just yeah, curious. Rent. I, I wouldn't recommend it, really. But if you were curious, rent it. Yeah. So are you are you telling me that like? Oh, I fucking so, hate this so, movie. So basically, I'm the only one that dug this film, right? <laughs> Pretty much, right? I mean, it, it seems like it spoke to you more than it spoke to any of us. Yeah. Yeah, because it's stupid, bro. I see myself in that. <laughs> this is I the RoboCop three of King Kong movies. But I'd rather watch RoboCop three than this movie. That's actually kind of the perfect, uh, perfect definition. <laughs> RoboCop three of King Kong movies. But I'd rather watch RoboCop three. For how much it goes, bro? For the DVD? Like with a hundred and. Yeah, there's something. probably a reason. Well, we know the reason for that. That's like Tales from the Quad Dead Zone. It's so expensive, yeah. but then you find out after yeah. you watch it. Classic video actually like put out the box it for it. Yeah, I own it. But um, King Kong Lives never got like a decent release. Well, because everyone hates the fucking movie that was involved in it. You can't blame them. I can't oh, imagine I- Linda Hamilton's putting this on her resume. Yeah, well, I was in Terminator. I was in, uh, you know, all this stuff. Oh, yeah, I was also in King Kong Lives. Be like... <laughs> Imagine the look she gives people when they bring her the DVD of King Kong Lives. Oh, God. That would, the that guy that, that loves rats, bro. Fuck out of here, bro. Yeah, but Rats knows what it is. It's a Bruno Matai cheesy B-movie. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that's taking that's itself serious with real actors in it. Bro, I, I got that double feature with um, um, Hell of the Living Dead. You know that double feature they did with um, Rats. Last night, yeah. Double feature with King Kong Lives and some trash fucking shit that I, 
uh, whatever you got. I want a decent transfer for it. It's trash, but it's enjoyable. Like, well, 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 let me explain something to you the way I review movies. I I review movies for whatever they are, not what they're not. I review serious movies involved with more serious movies. I review B-movies and more trashy movies the way I review trashy movies. I review them in their own genres, respectively. I'm a little bit more harsher on serious movies and actual than I am like horror B-movies in a way. Yeah. If that makes sure. sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a little more lean like I'll give something like Terror Vision a higher score, even though it probably like Roger Ebert wouldn't, you know, in that style mm-hmm. sense. But if it's like a more serious movie in tone and the way it's presented to us as an audience, then I have to be a little bit more critical on it, if that makes yeah. sense. I gotta ask you though. Um did you watch the um Werner's film I sent you? What is, oh, the video? The no, the Werner Herzog uh, DVD I sent you. The, I watched um, some of it. I, I I really dug most of it when I saw. Unfortunately, it was like a right before I went to work. I dug it all. Let you know, I might do a review on that on my channel. I'm coming back with some YouTube videos in the future. Elephant, bro, elephant. Uh, BDG got it uh, for super cheap, like a uh, what, like a or something bro that film is so fucking good uh jerry you saw elephant uh i don't think so no damn that's a film bro yeah cool that's Van insane yeah oh it's a van zant all right yeah yeah it's a van yeah i'm in there's like a teenage angst like uh and then all, all of that shit like just ends up being like a school shooting but everything is so like well thought about like um when you think about it like um for myself uh when i came home after school um when my parents were at home um like i was drinking milk like from from the bag because i'm a canadian so i was drinking milk from the bag <laughs> <laughs> from the bag and like putting it right back in the fridge and like it's this like the little things like that that like, I mean it it's not it's not it's not even relevant to the story at all but like the way it's showed the way um, every teenager like is portrayed is so well made because it's relatable. Like, I used to, like, drink from, you know, the paint when my parents weren't home. And it's small things like that that makes it so relevant. And the way every character, like, um, interacts with um, each other and everything, like, um, can, like, turn batshit insane in a matter of seconds is it, so well made it's 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 really crazy bro it's it's really it's damn fine filmmaking i think for real yeah hmm good shit yeah <laughs> <sighs>
I gotta go back to my slumber, guys. So I think we should end this show. How did you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, are you um, taking us out, BDG, or I do? Or I can do it. Can do it. So, that was our first. uh, I'm gonna do a a a French outro um, for (laughs) moves. That was our first um, guest. Episode. <laughs> it, it's, it will probably offending French it, people. It, it will and PDG <laughs> and, and oh and and Derek Derek <laughs> oh, oh, oh oh and and Venom. Jerry! Jerry! <laughs> yeah, th- thanks so much for having us, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, despite it all, this was that still was, really fun. That was BDG, that was yeah. motherfucking Jerry Brock, a.k.a. motherfucking Mr. Venom. Uh, if you want to plug your, your shit, you can go ahead uh, where they can find you, like a No More Room in Hell and... Uh, yeah, No More Room in Hell is the main show, and then the side show is No More Room in Hell Presents Fresh Cuts, where we concentrate on new movies only. Uh, Derek is also on that show with uh, myself. Uh, we are also both on Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, which is uh, available on the Legion Podcast Network. Our next episode, we're going to look at... Fucking shit. Got... Which is Sorry, which is good shit. I gotta <laughs> say. Which <laughs> Thank is you. Um, on our next episode, we're going to be looking at Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. We talked about that a little bit earlier on this show, so check that out. That should be out sometime in February. You can also hear me on It's Not Horror Okay, which is a comment, a movie commentary podcast that I just joined. And then most recently, I joined the cast of In the Mic of Madness. Uh, we are currently in the middle of a Friday the 13th retrospective. On our last episode, we looked at Friday the 13th Part 6. Next week, of course, is Part 7. Um, you can Roy hear it. Thank you, sir. Uh, and then if you want to hit me up on social media, on Twitter, I am at Jerry Venom. On Instagram, I am at Venom Horror. On Facebook, I am Mr. Venom. And if you want to drop me an email, the address is Mr. Venom Podcasts at gmail.com. Nice. Nice. <laughs> want me to go next? You want to do your uh, little yeah, sure. There? sure, sure, sure. Uh, I'm not sure when the show is coming out, so the next episode of Cinema Attack, we are doing a director's spotlight on Mr. Herschel Gordon Lewis. And uh, we're doing the Blood Trilogy, of course, which is pretty exciting stuff. And we have a special guest. Uh, uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but it's actually Venom's co-host on the In the Mic of Madness. We're going to have uh, Rebecca on to talk some Herschel Gordon Lewis. So that's uh, pretty fucking rad. That's going to be awesome. I love the Blood Trilogy. Uh, absolutely love Herschel Gordon Lewis, and I love those movies. 2000 Maniacs is literally one of my favorite movies ever. Fuck yeah. I can't wait to revisit and talk about them. Should be I'll a fun be, time. Shit. 
And uh, not sure uh, celluloid dissections will be out, and we are doing uh, me and Carly are doing the Wild Bunch, the Sam Peckinpah Western. Nice. And uh, we also have a special guest, and uh, Mr. Parker is going to be on that episode with us. Yeah. Uh, that's for the listeners. You want to hear that? It's coming out. So we're going to have Dave Parker, aka Mr. Parker from YouTube, on. Dave's awesome dude. One of the guys who got me into YouTube in general. Oh uh, yeah, one of the OG, bro. Hell yeah! It's yeah. weird because I found out he's the same age as me too, which is odd. You know, I'm like, damn, he's <laughs> the same age as me, bro. But nice. uh, Dave's awesome, dude, and I can't wait to record with him finally. And uh, then uh, you know, like Venom said, no more room in hell, underwater kaiju. You find those on their respected networks. And uh, one I will shout out is I started a new podcast because I'm kind of since I've been hanging with Venom, I've been kind of being a whore lately too and making new pie. <laughs> uh, I'm the best but, whore, damn it. <laughs> you know, and uh, so I have five podcasts now, that's the count. Uh, I started a bi-weekly podcast with Miss Lacey Lou. Uh, we have our first episode out, They're Here podcast. Yeah, I nice. love doing that. And, uh, you know, that one was fun. That was actually off the cuff, that first episode. And I think we did pretty well for just a podcast that was created in five minutes. Yeah, I like that episode. That was good. And our next episode will be underrated horror films from the year we graduated high school. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you what we're doing, since that should be recorded by the time this comes out. We are doing House of Wax, and uh, she is doing Bug. House of the original? No, the 2005 oh, one. Derek ain't that old. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> well, it was, you know, it depends on how we feel about the films. We'll find out. But, uh, you know, it's just movies that I feel like don't get talked about on shows that much. That's the way That's I true. choose my uh, movies for underrated lists, which yeah. makes more more sense when we do our third episode of that because I think no one ever recorded a review of my movie that I picked for the third episode. I'll tell you off here because that one's not coming out till later on. Nice. But, uh, yeah, those are what's coming out. Check it out. Awesome shit. Yep. Hell yeah. So, that was motherfucking Ash Will Cardinal. <laughs> this was uh, BDG Reviews. That was motherfucking the symbiotic Mr. Motherfucking Legend Venom. Thanks again for having me, guys. No problem. Yeah. And that sweet motherfucking Gola from motherfucking Boston. Let's hear it for motherfucking the mm, Bourget. Thank you, thank you. Uh, you know, and thank you for not adding 92 or some other weird number. <laughs> Shout out to the little Mexican bastard there from 22 Shots. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Peace out. Later on.